This morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, happy Friday. Happy Friday. And a happy Friday to you. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, people. Gonna have Sonny Wilson on with me just a little bit. Sonny. Thank you, Father. I don't remember that. What's that? What's that song called? Sonny. Thank you for the. See if that's a song. That is a song, isn't it? Sonny. No, Sonny Curtis. It's got to be another song. The chorus is like. That's not the chorus, but it's like the. Uh... Let me see. Darn it. You guys can tell me. I should ask you, but now I got that on my head. I'll, I'll make that my theme song. Uh, no, I got this one, though, uh, from uh, Keep on the Sunny Side of Life. With June Carter Cash, people, we could do that. If I were a carpenter. And Johnny. And you were my lady. lady. Come on. Would you on. marry me anyway? Would you have my baby? Yeah. If you were a carpenter and I were a lady, June Carter Cash was so I'd cool. I'd marry you anyway. Aww. I'd have your baby. Aww, of course you would. If you was my trade, would I still find you? I'd have both I'd your babies, June and Johnny. So how much I love you guys. 
Well, I was just kind of, you know, uh, being facetious, but thank you for the joy that you've given me. Sorry, now i got three songs going on. What a great song. What a great couple. June Carter Cash and Johnny Cash. Good morning this morning. Good morning this morning. Good morning this morning. You got a cash, little Johnny Cash, like Johnny Cash, Johnny Cash, Johnny if Cash. If I were a miller, sorry, man. and a mill, if I were a miller, grind, I'd be a Father Tom Miller. Would you miss your? I'd be a Father Tom Miller. And your soft shoes shine in New Melly. I'd be a miller a in New Melly. Sorry, girls and boys. And a mill will grind I'd not miss my if I were a miller, I'd be signing on the Radio Free Almond Facebook page right now. Oh yeah! I gave you my. I better uh, start turning it down. I don't, I don't know what Facebook's policy is about June Carter Cash and Johnny Cash. I you have you have you guys heard my? Uh, thank you for the joy that you're giving me. Okay, tell me what that song is because I I can't I'll, I could probably look it up and figure that out. Do you not, do you all know my? Um, Do you all know my story about June Carter Cash and Johnny Cash, my airplane story about them? I uh, I was going to uh, Jamaica with my dad. We were on a flight to Jamaica. It was 1972. And uh, we were on our way to... Uh, Key, uh, where were we? Kingston? Can't remember. No, Montego Bay. Look at the feed. I know. I saw you there, buddy. That's why I said that. I, I knew you were there. I, I think you put something. You guys put the YouTube video up there. I can't get the YouTube video. Just tell me the name of the song. You guys are playing games. Just let me know. So, no, I uh, was on the airplane, and I was... Um, I was uh, on the way to Montego Bay, Jamaica, and I was on the airplane with my dad and my two brothers, and I went to go use the bathroom on the airplane, in the airplane bathrooms, and I went and I, uh, I can't remember whether I was on my way there or on my way back. I think I was, I can't remember. Anyway, so I, um, let me just see if I could Google Johnny Cash. To make it. So I go, I go to, uh, to the bathroom and I pass by uh, right Johnny Cash. And by that time, of course, I knew uh, Johnny Cash was, uh, I knew of Johnny Cash. My dad played Johnny Cash all the time. And uh, I knew Johnny Cash. So I knew of him because my dad was a big fan. So we, you know, I mean, of course, and I watched Hee Haw all the time. And that was, uh, that was, I was nine years old. So I, I, I was very familiar with the whole Johnny Cash vibe. And so I went to the bathroom. I'm like, and, and I was stunned to see Johnny Cash. He was sitting right next to June Carter Cash on the airplane. And I go back to my dad and I'm like, dad, Johnny Cash is on the airplane. 
And he's like, really? And he didn't even, he didn't even bat an eye. I figured he was probably didn't want me to get too excited and wind up, you know, uh, wind up like embarrassing myself or making too much of a deal out of it. My dad wasn't, you know, one to, to be like a, a big commotion causer or whatever. And so, so he said, well, you know, I, I got, I got a pen from him and I went back to the bathroom and got a soap uh, dispense. So got a soap wrapper from the bathroom, from the airplane bathroom, got a soap wrapper and I took the soap wrapper to Johnny Cash with the pen, and Johnny was so nice. He, they were so sweet, and, and, he, and he was so kind, and June was just as sweet as could be. I remember this distinctly, and Johnny Cash signed my – and he was wearing all black lease, absolutely. This was back in the heyday. This is 1972, so this is back in uh, Johnny's big day. So he signed my soap dispenser, my, my soap uh, wrapper. And to this day, I have no idea where it went. I bet it's sitting around somewhere in some box someplace or something, or my mom might have thrown it away accidentally or something like that. But uh, I, had, I, had the, I had the the soap wrapper with Johnny Cash's signature on it. And he was as nice as can be when I came up to him as a nine-year-old boy. And later on, you know, he, he, I, when we landed and they were at the airport, uh, later on, uh, Johnny was, uh, had his whole family. He must've had an entourage of, you know, 12 people with him. Uh, it was, pr- it was pretty crazy. And so he had, uh, his sons, I think, and daughters with him. So it was like, everybody was, uh, everybody was there and he had this huge entourage. I remember him kind of yelling at one of the baggage guys <laughs> i do remember that uh but point big gigantic dude and had his whole entourage so le- so it wasn't until later on in life that i went and because because all this all my so my whole life it was just a given that i saw johnny cash on an airplane headed to jamaica but i never asked like what is what was he doing and what was johnny cash doing in jamaica you know so it wasn't until <coughs> Sorry, it wasn't until literally, like, you know, two years ago or three years ago that I kind of like, I wonder why Johnny Cash was in Jamaica. Well, it turns out Johnny Cash had a house there in Jamaica. In fact, they say the house is haunted. I don't know what that means, but they, but he had a mansion down there in Montego Bay. And he he used to hang out with all the Jamaicans down there and play music and everything else. And in fact, there is a videotape. <coughs> Excuse me. I took care of my voice this morning. I, I had a little bit of a tea and, you know, I'm not, well, it was tea that I kind of made. I made lavender tea. I had a little hot water, a little lavender, and a little lime juice. And I was I was rolling there for a second. But anyway, that's just the way it goes. Anyway, so I... So I actually found a videotape of, of Johnny Cash in Jamaica where he was uh, playing with a bunch of Jamaicans, and he, and he sang a, a thing called the Jamaica Farewell. You want to hear it? Yeah. That's called Lee Vandu. <laughs> Lee Vandu? 
So he's, he's standing there with a bunch of Jamaicans and, and uh, he, what a sweet guy. He's standing there, and all the Jamaicans had their music, their, their, uh, their, musical instruments out and everything else. They found out so much about Johnny Cash in Jamaica. The guy was a mainstay there. And now I know why he went down there, because he had a house down there. They go visit down there all the time. Had a mansion down there. But here, listen to this. Down the way where the nights are gay And the sun shines daily On the mountain top I took a trip on a sailing ship And when I reached Jamaica I made a stop But I'm sad to say I'm on my way I won't be back for many a day My heart is down My head is turning around I had to leave a little girl In Kingston Town I don't know who's singing. He's singing with another guy there, but. And this must have this must have been when, around the time I was down there, you know. Then he shows the visual of all the guys, their musician, musical instruments. <laughs> so anyway, that's the uh, that's the story about Johnny Cash and June Carter Cash in Jamaica. <laughs> He's dancing now and everything. It's pretty cool. But uh, that's my little uh, run in with uh, run in with with the possibility of uh, with fame. Running with fame with Johnny Cash and June Carter Cash, and the rest is history. So today, I don't know how I got into to that. I, I, I just played June Carter Cash popped up on my iTunes, and I started playing it. So that's how that's how things roll at Radio Free Almond. So good morning, everybody. Happy Friday to all of you. And yeah, that the Jamaica that was the trip I burned the top of my feet so badly. My dad didn't. My dad was not a sunscreen guy. Let's put it that way. And so uh, we were all, I'm, I'm mostly me, uh, burned beyond recognition most of the time. And I had uh, that going for me. And I, I, had, I had to, remember, I'll never forget, I had to use this, uh, this white, like it was almost like it's a fish oil of some sort or something, some ointment that I was, that was put on the tops of my feet because they were burned so badly. And, it, but it was some kind of weird ointment that that's it was a, like a fish ointment of some sort, and it was kind of like, ooh, that's kind of weird. But yeah, that's the story, and I'm sticking to it. So Sonny Wilson's going to be on about six thirty. He has uh, officially issued a press release, a press release where he was going to uh, push for the chairmanship of the GOP. Uh, that's a that's a big deal, uh, I, and I, I don't know how he's going to react. By the way to the Jay Ashcroft investigation of the Josh Hawley campaign after there was some kind of complaint there. So that's going to get uh, slightly messy. What does he think uh, about the individuals who are going to be running for governor in 2020? All those kinds of things. And boy, it would be great to have a grassroots guy, a grassroots guy in the 
chairmanship of the GOP, and Sonny Wilson is as grassroots as it gets. So I'm going to have him on at about uh, 6.30, and then also at uh, 7 or 7.30, somewhere around there, I might have Jim Talon on. Doug Giles is going to be in as well, and so we're going to uh, play it that way. I don't know whether you guys also heard about this uh, bomb threat deal at uh, CNN's offices. They uh, they issued it all clear late last night, but they evacuated the CNN offices after a uh, after a bomb threat, and you know, I who knows who's 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 doing this and and why, but it was another bomb threat at, at uh, CNN. So, and, and I I don't want any of this stuff to happen uh, in any way, shape, or form. Uh, but I and of course, you know, I don't advocate any kind of violence or any kind of threats or anything of the sort. And so I, I really don't do that. But I have to tell you that I uh, I hate CNN and I despise the organization. I think they're not a credible news organization. I think they are. Uh, they I think they are truly the enemy media. And I've got a Don Lemon bit here that that, that, that will prove it if you have if you don't know it already. And so the minute, the minute I think there's a bomb threat, I, I, I figure that someone at CNN did it. So because they're, they're, they're craving victimhood and they're craving attention. And again, I'm not trying to uh, put, uh, you know, put light or, or be light on a bomb threat. I don't advocate bomb threats. I don't advocate violence. And if it's, if it's true there was a bomb threat there, uh, I, hate that. I don't think that that's the way, the course that we need to go in. Uh, I don't think that we need to, uh, you know, be, uh, be advocating that kind of thing. And I, and so, but, but, but I have to tell you that, uh, I hate CNN and whenever I hear something like this, I figure they just did it themselves because they're the first ones to declare themselves victims, especially after their shameful, disgusting behavior during the Bush 41 funeral. And I don't believe it merits a bomb threat, but I'm sure that they were, again, embarrassed, as they always are, and people despise them, and uh, they know it. So it wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past them to have the bomb threat be something that they, they actually did to, to kind of gain sympathy. Because the outcome of the bomb threat went a little like this last night when they were all standing outside. And, um, and you know who? It's, it's Don Lemon again, who's uh, the biggest a-hole in media. He used to work here in St. Louis, and he was the biggest uppity, arrogant creep you could know. I, I, I was, I've stood in news conferences and things like that with him, and he was uh, as arrogant as the day is long. But anyway, he wound up, uh, I don't know how he wound up at CNN, but he did. But. Uh, and Skills. It's kind of a repeat situation of what happened back in October, and these are the times that we're living in, where you're having bomb threats, um, you know, called into uh, media companies and called into uh, offices and disrupting people's lives. Um, this happened shortly after a tweet. Well, there was a and tweet. We don't know if it has anything to do with it, but certainly after a tweet, not a 208, a 1050, and so that's the bottom. And I sure hope that has nothing to do with this, Don. Just because the president posts hateful tweets on Twitter, that should not 
Yeah, so so that's <clears throat> I don't know whether you could really hear what was going on there, but that's Don Lemon claiming that there was a tweet from President Trump that contained hate speech or whatever. Uh, and, and, and what he said was fake news, the enemy of the people. He didn't even mention CNN in the tweet. But there was a ton of fake news out there. You guys know earlier in the week I went, went word for word on this idiocy that was Jamie Gangell as uh, the president was standing in front of the casket of GW. By the way, boy, they, they finally buried the guy. Man, that, that went on. That thing went on forever. I, I, the ra- on the radio, like last night, I saw the casket going into the church. I thought that was the funeral last night. And I turned on the radio yesterday morning, and there's the funeral. It's like, wow, they, they poor guy. You know, there's a long, the longest funeral thing I've ever seen. But anyway, uh, they they were so disgusting in their narration of President Trump outside the. Uh, inside the rotunda next to the casket of uh, of Bush 41. And they made, they said he saluted because it was theatrics. Well, he happens to be the commander in chief and Bush 41's a war hero. And so that's kind of what commanders in chief do. And they, you know, were, were putting, you know, thought bubbles in his head and all kinds. I mean, it was ir- totally irresponsible. And, and then if you and if you want to, uh, and then by the this is them standing outside. So Brian Stelter, who was the uh, media guy, uh, media reporter there, he actually kind of admonished Don Lemon for jumping to the conclusion that somehow it was President Trump's fault. I mean, Don Lemon is just one of those guys, man. He's got a he's got a hair up his ass for President Trump, and he's a he's a bitter guy. And he's and something intimidates him, and I think it's because Trump is white and powerful, and and Don Lemon's a racist, and so he can't tolerate the fact that that uh, that some white man is rolling back all of his personal Jesus's regulations and policies. That must be it, because Don Lemon believes only black people apparently should be president of the United States or anchors for that matter. So I, I'm sure that that has something to do with it. he's got he's got a chip on his shoulder the size of Texas. I mean, this guy is he's he's and he, and he's supremely petty. I don't know. Have you guys you guys see what happened when he was on with uh, Cuomo? I mean, Don Lemon's the second time in about 24 hours that Don Lemon ha- had to be kind of reprimanded by his colleagues because this is Don Lemon. Uh, and his own theatrics where he's kind of uh, imagining himself as a as Barack Obama because Don Lemon wasn't happy that Barack Obama shook the hand of President Trump, which, of course, kind of undermines Don Lemon's hatred. John, Don Lemon's hatred would have been reaffirmed had had Obama not been a gentleman and had Obama not did the handshake with President Trump, but Obama did. And boy, Hillary Clinton, I, I, I told you guys yesterday, that was, I, the more I looked at that thing, I was like, wow. And it, she's sitting next to Jimmy Carter. You'd think she'd like strike up a conversation. You're sitting next to Jimmy Carter, the 39th president of the United States. You'd think you'd maybe like 
you know, strike up a conversation with the guy. You're sitting right next to him, and everybody's just waiting and whatever. I know that, and, and I, I realized maybe there wasn't any talking to be done there. I don't know, but it was, it was kind of interesting. But no, Don Lemon wasn't even happy that, that President Obama shook the hand of President Trump. And I, th- I thought it was a. I still don't know what President Obama said to Dan Quayle, and nobody really followed up on that. So I don't know uh, what whatever happened with with that story uh, because there was no real information about uh, how that all went down. So I don't know uh, what the deal is there. Let me uh, let me play this for you. This is this is uh, Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo, and Don wasn't happy that that President. Obama. I want to say that I don't think I would shake hands with him. I don't know. I would just, nope, couldn't do it. I'm not that big a person. I would hope that I would be, but I don't, uh, I can't fake the funk, as they say. I'm not saying. Now, how is it not possible that actually you can fake the funk, Don Lemon? I got news for you. You do it every single day. But, but. And you wonder why CNN is perceived as as this gang of a bunch of hacks. I mean, it's really amazing that that this is a news anchor. I mean, we it's like like for instance, in at at Fox News, people in the news and on that on that network are clearly defined by by who they are. They're clearly defined by their their role at Fox News, for instance. So you have a person uh, like an anchor. I'm trying to go into the morning, like Sandra Smith. Sandra Smith is an anchor. She's not and a Bill Hemmerer. They are anchors. They're they're not really opinion people. So you don't really have the Bill Hemmerer show or whatever it happens to be. And then you have Sean Hannity, you have Laura Ingram, you have Tucker Carlson. And and they're clearly defined by their points of view. Like you know where they stand, and they're defined that way, and they're not trying to mix it. They're not trying to pretend they're anything but people who have a point of view and an opinion and who want to be fair and, 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 and try to be fair, but they definitely aren't balanced, so to speak. They have a point of view. They come at things with a point of view, and they're not afraid to tell you what that point of view is. So – there's a difference there now. So, and Bill Hemmer is kind of like the straight-up anchor guy. So we, you get the drifter, a Brett Bear, someone like that. And and yet at CNN, everybody kind of mixes. You don't have a definable point of view show. You don't have you don't have a show that's like uh, I guess Anderson Cooper, but Anderson Cooper even purports himself to be a news anchor and and a, and a general journalist. So you really don't. Uh, you really don't get get that impression that he has a point of view show, even though obviously he can say some things, but you don't really see him as an editorialist per se. Let me just get Sonny here. We'll come calling soon. Hold on. Just going to let Sonny know I'm, I'm delayed just a tad. So, so at CNN, they have a different way of approaching things. So, so everybody seemingly is an editorialist, but they're posing and they're coming across as as journalists. So Don Lemon, you don't have like the Don Lemon show where you know it's going to be like or like like even at MSNBC. MSNBC has definable points of view. They have some anchors there who are, you know, the regular anchors, although I can't 
name one because they're all seemingly editorialists, but nonetheless, but let's just pretend, okay? So they they have certain people who are involved in this, and they're def- and they're defined like Rachel Maddow is a definable opinionator. All right, we know Rachel Maddow is a is is a left wing person, and that's how she approaches her stuff. We get we get all that, and so that's her gig. But again, at CNN, we don't know who these people are. They're, they're coming across as journalists, but then they're opinionators too. And we're like, okay, are you an anchor or are you an opinionator? Like, what are you? And they hide behind that undefinability, that nebulousness. So that means Don Lemon can claim he's a journalist and then at the same time just be an opinionator like he's doing here. I mean, how can you expect Don Lemon to fairly cover an event when he is like this. Now, if, if, if it's, I'm Don Lemon, I'm a Democrat, I'm a leftist, then you expect that from him. But he's not honest enough to tell you that. He's not honest enough to tell you that he is a political animal. So he purports himself and advances himself as a person who is, you know, an anchor and a journalist. So that that's kind of how this whole thing works. And that's what makes it worse. So this whole thing is like, and Chris Cuomo finally had to kind of like say, dude, I mean. I don't know. I would just, nope, couldn't do it. I'm not that big a person. I would hope that I would be, but I don't, uh, I can't fake. This is, this is him talking about the handshake, by the way. I want to say that I don't think I would shake hands with him. I don't know. I would just, nope, couldn't do it. I'm not that big a person. I would hope that I would be, but I don't, uh, I can't fake the funk, as they say. I'm not saying the Obamas did that, but there they go, right there. Here, let me show you what I would have done. You don't have to. Well, let me show you, I want to show you something. You let me show you what to. I would have done. Okay, come here. Come so it gets to the point where even Don Lemon decides he's going to have one of his lemonings, lemmings walk up to the stage and be one of his props. Come here, Don. Try oh, to shake poor Don. Hand. Try to go. You're petty and small. Not petty and small. That's real, brother. That's real. And, and, and real it petty shows and you small. this is not. Nope, it's not. This. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't have to shake your hand. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. But again, you keep saying me, me, I, I. There are former presidents. I'm talking they about a lot of something. folks. I know, know a lot of people are going to agree with me. This is about humanity. It's not about an office. This is about human decency. Sometimes you have to teach Just because they agree like, with you doesn't okay, mean you're right. That was... Cuomo, who had the decency to kind of call Don Lemon out and say, you know, that's bullcrap, dude. You're you're petty. And and he and he meant that he wasn't just joking with him. And and because Don Lemon really did jump the shark there. Don Lemon really did it take take it one step too far in just simply destroying his own credibility. And boy, that was just a that was a tough moment for CNN right there. And then that evening, of course, then they get the bomb threat. And then Don Lemon blames it on the president's tweet. And I still, whenever I hear anything that, that somebody threatens somebody or whatever, I usually think it's a, uh, it's, a, it's a made-up deal as it is. But that's how credible CNN is. Even when they get a bomb threat, I don't believe that it's really a bomb threat. I believe that it's Don Lemon's mother calling in and doing it for them so he can be be a drama queen again out there on the street like he was and blame Trump. And again, he had to be set straight by 
by Brian Stelter, who is the is the news media watchdog guy. So there are some sane people there, even though Stelter isn't always sane. But still, ladies and gentlemen, just a little bit behind here. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, our national anthem. What would you do with the money if you didn't have to pay your house payment for two months, especially around the holidays? That's right. No house payment for two months. This is James Hawkins at Golden Oak Lending. Don't let money problems spoil your holidays. You can use the increased value of your home to pay off bills or get cash out. Put two months of house payments in your pocket. Visit GoldenOakLending.com or call 314-567-GOLD. NMLS 1149-37-111 Westport Plaza, St. Louis, Missouri. Call 567-GOLD. What's up, everybody? Live from the Discovery Design Truck Care and Manufacturing Studios, it's Radio Free Almond and Good Bowling this morning, everybody. Love this song. This is how you get up in the morning, people. Oops, gotta get Sonny Wilson in here. Hang on. The toxicity of the city, of the city. This song, love this song. Come on, people. This guy rocks. You guys uh, have to know. I know you know. You guys are like I don't know. System of a Down say. An acquired taste. kind of is. But these guys are good. This song rocks. 
rocks, everybody. Rocks here. Rock out, Bindi. Rock out. By the way, Julie, Julie, you want to know, uh, Facebook is like, I'm going to take them off of here, but we want to listen to System of a Down first before we stop it. See, that's how even Facebook loves the songs. They're like, wait, uh, we want to hear this. Don't take them off yet. See? The toxicity of us. Come on, people. No! What are you on the wall? How are you on the starter? All right. That'll get your blood boiling. Hey, Michael Proctor. Proctor spelled like doctor. We are about a month away from celebrating Michael Proctor's 45th year in the window fashion business. Congratulations, Michael Proctor. The most gorgeous window treatment you're going to find anywhere in the land. Proctor spelled like doctor. ProctorDrapery.com. His the people he competes against are the big old highfalutin fashion guys, but he's got a better idea. Seven days a week, mobile design unit comes to your doorstep. He's a interior designer. 45 years of experience. You cannot go wrong with my man, Michael Proctor. We were just talking about you yesterday, Michael, with uh, I had uh, the nice little meeting with my former boss, John Beck, who's a great guy and had had some uh, did some plan making with him. But good guy. Yeah, baby. These guys still tour at all, Matt? Do you know System of a Down? You do that? I don't. Yeah, up and down. I'm sure they. I'm sure they're 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 a they're a get when they do tour because I'd go, I'd go see him in one second. Mama K says that's not. No one can really tribute them. I, it's that would be hard. Be a little tough to tribute System of a Down, but it, but it's it was tough to uh, tribute Genesis and my man Daniel Burrows from U2 Hype. He's gonna he's gonna do do the do it too. So. Uh, Really had a good time yesterday, and Brandy Aaron, thanks so much for hooking me up with him, and that was that was really very cool. Uh, Brandy sent me a picture. I gotta put I gotta put that stuff up on Facebook. I, I did a I was uh, tagged in in one bit, so I put that up there. But I, I, I'm just trying to figure all that out. All right. So also today is uh, it's Pearl Harbor Day, December seventh, nineteen forty one, was the day. That will live in infamy, the day when the Japanese Navy attacked uh, the Navy base at Pearl Harbor, Hawaii, on December 7th, 1941, and it was a horrific time, and it kicked off a series of events that ultimately uh, resulted in Japan being incinerated by not one but two atomic bombs that were uh, more than well-deserved. There, Truman had to stop the death. Had, had they they made the calculations that how many more Americans are we going to lose? Let's ice these people and get this over with. And uh, thank God for the atom bomb because that that ended the war and brought Japan to its knees, and rightly so. And uh, that that Pearl Harbor Day was a uh, was a was a terrible event in U.S. history and a, and a shock. And it was uh, just incredible. So today is National Pearl Harbor Remembrance Day. 
so uh, it happened just before 8 o'clock on a Sunday, by 8 a.m. I don't know what time that is generally, like what that would be. Like it's in Hawaii, like what time would 8 o'clock be? If you guys can do the calculations there for me, I'd appreciate that. So uh, 2,403 American military personnel, uh, 1,100 plus injured and then right after the day after the attack, the United States declared war on Japan, got into World War II. So uh, he, it, was, it, was, it had to be that we did that. And, and what's odd about it is apparently there was a – I think there was a Japanese diplomat in the country at the time. And uh, yeah, Bindi, you're right. That, that thing, the, the Japanese were – savages i mean they were they were murderous and 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 if you there were very few people ever really captured by the japanese if you had the uh, unlucky fortune of being uh, left over in a battle of some sort the japanese had you they'd kill you they wouldn't take you generally and the kamikaze pilots and everybody else. And Bindi says, <laughs> says my in-laws were not happy when we bought a Toyota in 1972. I know my dad, my dad rarely talked about his time in the Pacific as, an, as a Navy guy. And he, and he wasn't involved in this particular skirmish there. But, uh, but, but he, uh, he rarely talked about it except when, you know, somebody in his family came home with a Toyota. So I kind of had to. I, I had a Toyota Camry. I kind of had to had, had to hide from him, which is kind of hard to do. But he wasn't happy that I had a Toyota Camry. That that thing was that thing was a beast at the time. This was a 1985 Toyota Camry, and it was it was typically of Toyota. They made good cars, and uh, I don't really like like to buy Japanese cars, but I but I know people do like to buy them, and they're good cars. Believe me. I mean, I felt like I didn't have to ever put any gas in that Toyota Camry. That's how fuel efficient it was. It was perfect, but my dad didn't like it. They were, they were very uh, – the, the people of that generation were not uh, – it was, it was uh, not something easily forgotten. So I'm just, I'm just saying – I was talking to some guy yesterday about his dad going down to Pearl Harbor and uh, to, to visit the thing down there and uh, – and there were some Japanese or Asian people talking or something around the uh, uh, the Arizona monument or something, and he got really mad at them. And yeah, I don't, I don't, you know, you listen if you're a Japanese and you go to Pearl Harbor, you know, uh, you're you're. I'm sure that there are people who go there when uh, when just to see what what happened. And I don't think they go there to celebrate. Oh look, look what we did. It's like I don't think they do that, but. If they do, then that would be horrible, but I don't think, I don't think they do. Nonetheless, today uh, we remember this day that will live in infamy, and it was the, it was the last straw for FDR, and it was uh, at that point over for the, uh, for the Japanese, and, it, and things didn't work out very well for them in the, in the interim. Let me get uh, Sonny Wilson. Sonny Wilson, Sonny Wilson. Did we ever figure out what that song was, Sonny? Thank you for the... <laughs> Hold on, people. Come on, my people. Good morning, my people. Good morning, everybody, my people. 
Happy Friday to all of you. Let's get Sonny Wilson on. Do, 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 do. That's my Skype song. Skype song. Skype song. Hey, Jamie. Good morning this morning. Uh, Sonny Wilson, everybody. How, the next chairman of the Republican Party in Missouri, Sonny Wilson. <laughs> well, I'm hoping so. Yeah, we, brother. We're definitely leading that way. So uh, we're, we're gaining uh, votes in support of the state committee. And uh, it's looking very promising right now. Oh, good, because you sent me something. Was it yesterday or the day before, which was kind of the official Sonny Wilson press release and right. and or the or the, uh, you know, the campaign release, so to speak. This is, you know, the stuff that people can use to call their uh, committee men or whatever to kind of keep uh, the Sonny Wilson campaign and train going. So where can we find that? Is it can we find that anywhere? The thing oh, you well, sent the press me? release that we sent, but I sent you. Yeah. Uh, we sent it to all the state committee people and uh, some of the uh, chairs of uh, the county committees. Okay. Well, uh, and then this will actually go out um, today. I'll be over social media. All right. Well, perfect. So what I'll do is I'll go ahead after the show and put it up on the Radio Free Allman page as a separate entity, that. Uh, so that people can you know, use it. You know, actually, myself being in this position right now, having the ability. Um, to actually have the potential of taking the chair, you know, has a lot to do with yourself, you know, giving myself a, a voice out there uh, after I did resign at one point from the GOP. So I do appreciate it. A lot of the success has to do with you, um, Ben Murphy, the ladies from America first. So, yeah. Thank you. Well, you're, you're, you're more than welcome. And, and I, I believe that, uh, I, I, you know, I'm not saying I, I think that you stand alone as uh, talented enough to take this job, but I will also say that that I think the GOP, the state GOP, owes those of us in the grassroots roots this voice, uh, and, and because I believe that you are an ecumenical voice, so you're not only a voice of the grassroots, you have also proven yourself to be a voice of people in the establishment. You can you can represent everybody. The problem before this has been that the grassroots wasn't really represented adequately uh, because they've kind of been shut out. So. So this mm-hmm. would this would level the playing field and actually make for a stronger GOP if we had somebody who could bring both of those entities together. I, I agree with you. Then that's why I've been telling the state committee uh, members is that uh, when I was with the GOP when I ran the four counties during the, the last election, is that I worked with all the candidates evenly and fairly, and it was only the reason when Rural Eleven came in and they uh, gave money to Josh, which Josh was clearly going to win. Um, but when they did that, they actually broke up what we actually agree on in the GOP here. They allowed the RNC to come in and take it over. Um, I, myself as the chair, I've already proven myself that I will not allow the RNC to dictate what the state GOP does. That, that, will, that will not take place if I'm the chair. Yeah, and, and, and again, I'll, I'll give you another example, folks. And we talked about this when you were in last time of the ability of, of Sonny to be able to kind of get everybody together. So after a very contentious, bitter primary, and it was, and there were a lot of hard feelings mm-hmm. afterwards, and, and, and they were honest and, and good um, and credible feelings of people who felt like, yeah, okay, Josh Hawley won, but we felt like we were kind of, uh, this was kind of rigged, so to speak, because the other candidates seemingly were ignored. And yeah, as you point out, Josh Hawley probably was, 
the one who could who could win. I guess now it turns out that it it looks like the the margin of victory was such that uh, that anybody President Trump touched here was going to be golden. But who knows? Uh, but nonetheless, you know there were a lot of bitter feelings, and and you were a member of the of the ground. You except resigned your position over the whole thing, and yet there you were. Once Josh Hawley was the nominee and he got his sea legs and everything else, there you were uh, standing by him. Uh, and, and so uh, – and I actually raised money for him through Protect America First. Yeah. And uh, Sheriff Joe Arpaio, who is the founder of the PAC that I work for, um, endorsed him. Oh well, there you so, go. So th- th- that's another mm-hmm. example of of uh, of of that. Uh, so you need somebody who's able to do that and and get beyond things for the sake of actually then at that point promoting and advancing the cause mm-hmm. of uh, of the GOP in general, but and and specifically the the grassroots. And so uh, and we're and we're up for a really interesting time as we we get involved here. We've got a twenty twenty gubernatorial election. Um, we have a situation, I think, now that's going to have to be uh, monitored. I don't know what your take is on this uh, Jay Ashcroft investigation of the Josh Hawley campaign. Did well, you hear you about know, I think Jay's doing exactly what he needs to do. Yeah. Um, do, I, do I think it's, do I, do I really think anything's there? No, I don't. I really don't. Um, well, and yeah, I mean, Jay Ashcroft is almost mandated uh, right. by, by statute to investigate this. This isn't something he's doing just for his own you know, aggrandizement. Political reasons. Or, yeah. Yeah. So. Because JJ's an upstanding guy. So he's doing exactly what he needs to do. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, 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 and I, I don't think there's really anything to this. Uh, it's just a, anybody can make kind of an ethics complaint. This is, this is, this is another example of the Democratic Party, which just simply uh, the, the sour grape factor in the Democratic Party. is Exactly. Just, <laughs> just, I don't think it's going to go anywhere. Yeah. Right. And 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 also, folks, keep in mind that with Sonny in the at the state GOP chair level, we're 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 it, 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 people can't ignore the President Trump agenda here as much as they they have tried, and and of course, clearly, it didn't work because President Trump came to town uh, not once but twice, came to Missouri just in the last days of the campaign for Josh Hawley and and really put him over the top, proving that Missourians still have a ton of respect and regard for President Trump. And so you keep the uh, Trump agenda, that ball in play, when you have uh, somebody like Sonny Wilson in there. I, I mean, that's my that's my view of it anyway, buddy. Well, that's, ex- that's exactly what my job is right now with, with Protect America First. Uh, Sheriff Joe Arpaio and myself, we are carrying you know Trump's agenda and helping candidates like minded like Trump to get elected and make sure they have the funds. And a lot of these candidates that we've been helping are grassroots individuals, not the establishment. But that is my main job that I have to do with Protect America First. And I will continue to do that in the state of Missouri also, is raise money, raise funds, make sure that we uh, help the grassroots and also the establishment. My, my job is to unify everybody, not divide. And right now with the problem we have in Missouri, within the GOP, we have factions. People are divided, and that that would be my main job is to bring everybody together for the 2020 election. Make sure that we continue to support Trump and any other candidates within the state, especially the governor's race. Just keep in mind the Dems are going to be coming at us very hard, and we need to be united and not divided. Yeah, I mean, and and they're gonna and they're gonna come up with some folks. Uh, in the Democratic Party, uh, you know, Democrats in Missouri are sometimes a little different. They 
Yeah, well, Claire McCaskill used to be an example of that uh, when, when early on when she seemed to be more of a moderate. But the Democrats in Missouri are likely going to run somebody who is a pretty, pretty dyed-in-the-wool moderate Democrat. And, and a moderate Democrat can make some, some headway here uh, in Missouri. So we'll see how that – It'll be that... interesting to see who, who we pick for the, for the governor's race you know, here and uh, who they choose for, for to go against the president. So I know Biden's kind of been out there talking a little bit, but I'm praying if it is Biden, it'd be great for us. It'd be, I think, in more of an easier job. Um, but if we find someone, if the Dems find someone that is kind of in the middle, that it'll be a it'll be a tough race. But not in Missouri, I don't think. I think yeah. Missouri is definitely a solid Trump state, and while my job will be to keep it that way. Yeah, uh, well, good good for you. And, and uh, you know, here's the thing about the the on the national level, and and that's where you know. You guys do play like the like the GOP chairman and the state party does play into the national stage, correct? Yes, that is correct. Yeah, you know uh, we there, there's 40 other nine chairs and we coordinate together and we will um, you know work together to carry across the re-election campaign. Um, the re-election campaign usually they'll have a chair for that within the state. Sometimes it is uh, the current GOP chair of that state, or sometimes they bring in someone else. Um, so it, it really determined, but we will coordinate with um, the White House. Yeah, well, good, good, good for so you. It, it's, exci- it's exciting too because the one thing that it'll give us with um, during the primary, America First, Ben Murphy and the ladies, uh, you know, they were the only office that during the primary to help President Trump before he was President Trump, and once that was accomplished. The establishment cut off access to them. What this is going to do is going to allow us to have more access to the president of the grassroots. The door will be open again, and this door will be open for everybody. So it's not going to be cutting off access from the president, from the establishment of the grassroots. That's why I keep on saying we're going to unite uh, underneath one GOP. Yeah. So, I, 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 you know, I think that's the name of a band, Ben Murphy and the Ladies. <laughs> Like, That's actually a good one. They, they, what a great group! Like yeah, like Frank Zappa and the Mothers. I mean, come on, it's like you know, it's 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 it's, it's, it's it go it goes hand in hand there. Well, Sonny, great, perfect, man. And and speaking of music, I have uh, I have developed uh, a theme song for the Sonny Wilson campaign. You know that? Well, don't hear you? it. No, here, listen. I mean, Sonny, yesterday my life was filled with rain. Sonny Wilson. Sonny. You like it? You smile I can't hear it. Oh, you can't? Oh. No. Darn it. Hold on. Hold on. Let me see if I can do that for you. Oh, here. Here. Oh. <laughs> I don't know how to do it. I played, I played this. I would listen myself afterwards. You know, you always have to judge yourself how you sound on air. Occasionally, um, you got to critique yourself. I'll be able to hear it. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm playing this. Yeah, good. Go back and listen to it because you're, you'll love your theme song. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, and uh, turn it down so that Facebook doesn't uh, pull me off of it. But uh, anyway, I have that for you. And, and uh, congratulations, buddy. When, do, when, do, when is the decision made, by the way? Uh, January 27th. At the end of January. January 27th. It's, just, it's right around the corner. Thank you. 
Um, and like I said, that's what I've been doing. For the past few weeks, I've been on the phone talking to the state committee and uh, tell them that, uh, what my, my goals and ideas are and uh, trying to gain their support. So I've, I've been gaining more and more support and votes in my area, so I'll make sure that I have it locked up. So. All right, buddy. I've been buddy. taking this laying down. I told everybody, you know, they, anybody who knows me knows that I work hard. Right on. I'm a hard worker. You know, and I'm going to continue that, too. Everybody just, this way, from from 19 to 2020, we're, we're going we're gonna to take the state over. We're going to unify. Uh, we're going to be a beacon for the other states. That's awesome, buddy. The, the, the establishment, you know, needs to take the grassroots seriously. But also, too, it, it isn't taking the state over and only being the grassroots. It's just that we need to unify. We right. need to make the state, the GOP, solid. Yes. And we, need, we need to make sure that we don't, you know, we dodged a bullet this time uh, w- with the engineering of this primary or whatever the state party did. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we still came, came out. Uh, even, the, even the people who were bitter about how it turned out came out mm-hmm. and pushed Josh Hawley. And it was thanks to your unifying leadership and the unifying leadership of... Uh, the, the uh, America First Missouri and Protect America mm-hmm. uh, Protect America pack. So, First. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, you, you guys have been great, and so uh, thank you. And I'll I'll put that. No, no, Jamie. Actually, you know, thank you too because you know, like I said, you you allowed us to have a voice. Yeah, brother. You know, this thank is, you. You know, for you all, and I tell you what, you know, you've helped shape and direct the state party and, and politics. And I can't tell you that. Thank you enough. Well, you're, You've you're been a big part of it. Yeah, you're more than welcome. And then when we do Radio Free Almond 2.0, I hope you guys can get together and and take advantage of of having an outlet absolutely that you could use yeah. uh, for for whatever you want to use. So we'll figure that out down the road. So in the meantime, I'll put that uh, Sunny Wilson press release up. We can't we we can't put pictures and things up in the comment section. So that's why I'm not putting it up now. But once we get done, yeah. or I'll make a separate I'll make a separate post. But unfortunately, I'm on the air, so I'll. Uh, I'll I'll eventually do it. I'll do it right after we get off the air. But make sure you go back and listen to the uh, Sonny Wilson campaign GOP chairman theme song. Okay, start jamming out to it. <laughs> All right, buddy. <laughs> thank you, Jamie. All right, thank you, you too. Have a good weekend. Hey, you too, my friend. Pr- appreciate right. you as Bye-bye. always. Yeah, Sonny Wilson. So, uh, yeah, man, he's he's uh, he's a good egg there, and and he does a lot of a uh, lot of really good work uh, on behalf of. Uh, all of us and on behalf of sensibility and common sense in the Republican party. And I know that they're making a big deal about, you know, Jay Ashcroft investigating Josh Hawley, but uh, as the secretary of state, if you have a complaint filed regarding campaign irregularities, that's your job. And when you're elected as a statewide office holder, the way Jay Ashcroft was, yes, you do have a political bent. You do have a political party that you're representing, but you have to still execute the duties of the office of the office that you're holding. And that would be an example of Jay Ashcroft investigating this kind of crazy complaint that Josh Hawley used campaign funds. We'll see how it goes. The same way that Eric Smith, who's the new attorney general. I mean, when you're attorney general of the state of Missouri, you know, sometimes you even have to defend lawsuits or things like that that you're you're you, you not, might otherwise politically not be inclined to support or whatever uh and yet you will uh wind up uh in a situation where you are um 
you're still having to do that because that's the that's the job, people. That's the job of the Attorney General of the state of Missouri. Oh, hey, it's the Talking Heads. Hey, uh, good morning this morning. Uh, happy Friday. And it's Radio Free Omen. And that's what it's all about, people. Thank you to Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell All-State Agency. And you may find yourself calling Matthew Mitchell. 855-QUOTE-ME. Low premiums. Low deductibles. All at the same time, my friends. Good morning. And you that beautiful house, that beautiful wife. And you're going to ask yourself, how did you get there? Well, you might not ever never get an answer, but how do you insure it? Well, you'll get an answer there. How do you insure the life of your beautiful house and your beautiful wife? With the 855 quote me, Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell All State Agency, low premiums, low deductibles, all at the same time, y'all. Eight five five quote me. Just do it, people. I know, I know, I know. Should, yeah, try to get that out of there. I'm going to put that uh, that Sonny Wilson thing up. He sent me a kind of a screenshot of the of the of the campaign literature, and so it's uh, going to work out really well. So same as it ever was. I love the Talking Heads too, man. I just I can't get enough of them. Well, David Byrne. David Byrne is uh, the lead singer of the Talking Heads, is actually the lead singer of the Radio Free Almond theme. I had, I, had the, um, I had this in my head a long, long time ago, I will have you know. And some of you are wondering, well, where did that, where did that come from? How did, I, how did that song get there? This is not my beautiful song. This is not my beautiful theme. Yeah, it is. You find it here. There it is. So, yeah, this is this is this is David uh, David Byrne, and he. It's my theme. This, I chose this a long time ago. Good morning, everybody. Lots of you don't sometimes even ever hear this, do you? Because you don't tune in right at six, and you're not tuned in right at nine, right? Well, this is my theme song. This is the theme song I've had for 17 years in St. Louis. And that's David Byrne, lead singer of the Talking Heads. And this is Don't Fence Me In. And ah. Uh, yeah, Matt's asking if there's always been this version. Yes. Um, well, this version of David Burns, Don't Fence Me In. Don't Fence Me In is an original Cole Porter tune, right? So the, 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 this song is the, 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 the Don't Fence Me In. Oh, Kathleen, thank you. I love doing live ads, and, and plus people. It, 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 it's got to be entertaining, right, for you? Of course it is. So... Yeah, the, the David Burns song, Don't Fence Me In. So it comes from a, a an album 
And one of the reasons why Facebook won't pull me off for this is because they 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 they, they don't have like the David Byrne doesn't have the rights to this song necessarily. He recorded this song, but doesn't have the rights to it. So I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't be pulled off for this because this isn't like like I could be pulled off for t- Talking Heads, but the song was used in the Bachelor, uh, a movie, but but the song's originally from. A compendium of, of rock and roll people doing Cole Porter hits. Here, let me just see if I can find it. Um, it's called Red Hot and Blue. Here, Red Hot and Blue. Um, it's a tribute to Cole Porter. And so you have. You know what I'm going to have to do here? Hold on. I got to buy the album. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm playing you some of this stuff because I know I know we got a lot of stuff to cover and the ground to cover. But uh, it's a it's a uh, CD called Red Hot and Blue, and it is a uh, it's a tribute to Cole Porter. So here. Let me just do this for you real quickly here. So, uh, uh, Gene Autry is probably the most famous person who 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 sang uh, "Don't Fence Me." And Roy Rogers sang "Don't Fence Me In." I mean, this is this is Gene Autry singing "Don't Fence Me," and he he the the. On my Cayuse, let me wander over yonder till I see the mountains rise. I want to ride to the ridge where the west commences Gaze at the moon till I lose my senses Can't look at hobbles and I can't stand fences Don't fence me in Roy Rogers, too, did one. I might be... Forever, but I ask you, please more jumpy. fence me in, just turn me loose let me straddle my old saddle underneath the western sky. sky. On my Cayuse, let me wander over yonder till I see the mountains rise. That's a great version I of this, by the way. Ride to the ridge where the west commences. It's got a little bit of. Uh, until I lose my senses. I can't it's got a little bit of a. Uh, of a western swing element to it as well, which is great. Roy Rogers. Willie Nelson sang a version of it too. And Leon Russell together. Pretty good, huh? It's not really very that's not a very good version of it, to tell you the truth. That's uh <laughs> That's Bing Crosby and his girls. It's kind of Ben. It's kind of like Ben Murphy and the ladies. <laughs> it's great how every single one of these artists they have a distinctive like this is this whole like when Roy Rogers was doing it he did a he did a little you know Western swing version of that and Father Tom says we're doing the uh, doing the uh, 
Johnny Cash did it too. And Beth is saying, glad you chose the Talking Heads version. <laughs> yeah, I am too. I mean, these are kind of like, we're sitting on the porch. So I'm, you know, but this one has all the ladies behind it. Willie Nelson did that. And then the. Uh... <laughs> so this album is interesting. Debbie Harry and Iggy Pop do a version of uh, Well Did You Ever, which is a Cole Porter tune as well. Cole Porter was uh, quite the prolific. Uh, some of these songs have uh, Big and the Andrews Sisters. Oh, Iggy, give me a break. This is uh, the Fine Young Cannibals. And, and they're on the Red Hot and Blue, too. And Cole Porter wrote a song called Love for Sale. And this is a Fine Young Cannibals version of uh, Love for Sale. You guys who like that Fine Young Cannibals I love these guys. Love for sale. Love for sale. <laughs> for sale. And Katie Lang sang a version of... Uh, so I love Katie Lang, by the way. Little ditty called So In Love. Brought to you by Radio Free Almond and Katie Lang. Off the album called Red Hot and Blue, a tribute to Cole Porter. Strange dear, but true dear. Okay, baby. It's enough of that. Eraser, Eraser sings a version of Too Darn Hot. I'm not kidding you. It's too darn hot. It's too darn hot. And you know that's Eraser right away. I like to suck. And you guys know, uh, in the still of the night, well, the Neville Brothers did a version of that. And they did uh, their typical Neville Neville Brothers tribute, you know. And you know Aaron Neville's going to go, in the still of the night. No, I can't go that high. In the still of the night. In the still of the night. As I gaze from my window. Yeah, so that's a that's a good so anyway, that's where the Radio Free Almond theme song came from. This little uh, compendium of red, hot, and blue, a tribute to Cole Porter. And that's where you got the almond theme song that's been hearing for 17 years, people. So that's the backstory. Behind it all, my friends, the backstory. I love it when I can tell you backstories about some stuff. Yeah. Did you, uh, 
you see how the uh, the networks in the end really wound up? And it, it was it was sad because there there were a lot of really good. Uh, there really were a lot of halfway decent tributes to HW that that I that I, I think that the networks did do. I mean, they did give him some degree of respect. <coughs> Excuse me. But for the most part, it was all about analyzing President Trump's behavior. You notice that, that, that very few people analyzed Hillary's behavior, which she played the role of the petulant, petty queen of the sore losers throughout this whole affair. And it was really just terrible, her behavior. Just she got away with murder in the networks not focusing in on her pettiness and her bitchiness because she was quite possibly the ugly American, the ugliest American of them all in this funeral. But keep in mind, I wasn't wasn't in this to monitor her behavior. You know, when, when H.W. died and they announced his funeral... Uh, my first inclination was that, oh, I can't wait to see how Barack Obama responds to President Trump, or I can't wait to see what Hillary Clinton does. I wasn't even focused on that. And yet, boy, they were, they were, at least I'm not, I'm not going away. I'm just, this is my theme. I was just story, the story behind the theme song, everybody. So, but it all became about the President Trump's behavior. I mean, these guys were all trolling the guy and and, and, and focusing in. And, and I have to tell you, the, the good news is that Jonathan Carl, when he actually was presenting his report, actually wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. But the fact of the matter is, most of the coverage of the funeral was hyper-focused on President Trump. I played it for you all week long. And and so I don't need to replay it again, but 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 there was very little attention paid to the behavior of Hillary Clinton and 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 what what she did or abhorrent behavior. I mean, I, I'll tell you one thing: I wouldn't want my children watching the behavior of Hillary Clinton. I I, I mean, I, listen, I I didn't have a whole lot of respect for Hillary Clinton before this. But if there was any shred of doubt about whether or not that woman had any droplet of decency in her body, it was removed permanently with her behavior at this, uh, at this funeral. It was absolutely removed. So any shred of decency that woman might have uh, was clearly erased, finally, and more completely with her behavior at this funeral. So it uh, is crazy. So here we have Jonathan Carl. And keep in mind, this wasn't, you're watching this and go, here we go. But it wasn't actually as bad. But still, it goes to show you how the news media, when it covered Bush 41's funeral or funerals, or Lord, it took forever for them to. To bury that poor man, but but anyway, it took a long t- seemingly it took a long time, but nonetheless, uh, 
they they did simply make it a lot about President Trump. This wasn't as bad as you you might imagine it to be with uh, David Muir and Jonathan Carl. The most remarkable images of this day, all of the living American presidents together, even in a divided time. So I want to bring in ABC's chief White House correspondent, Jonathan Carl, tonight. Because, John, it seems it might have been one last call to service for the late president, George H.W. Bush himself, orchestrating this uh, rare moment of unity. And it's interesting, in how, fact, it's interesting David- how it's a rare moment of unity, and yet... Here you have the people who call for unity and less division. I mean, isn't Hillary the one who calls for that while while at the same time talking out of her forked tongue, uh, her her slithered forked tongue uh, on the other side saying there will no be no peace until Democrats take over the the three branches of government, according to Ocasio-Cortez. I'm sorry, the three chambers of government. But 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 uh, so so she talks out of both sides of her forked tongue. But nonetheless, this example of unity, Hillary Clinton gave no semblance at all of any unity at all. And yet they don't even talk about her. They were more focused on President Trump, who actually did uh, lay the groundwork for unity by being as open and glad handing uh, well as you know as you can do as a, in a funeral but you know what i'm saying is as as shaking people's hands and doing everything else and, and 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 even with the obamas and 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 the trumps shaking hands with each other you know at least there was that but hillary clinton there, there's no it's funny how these guys are talking about unity and yet they leave hillary completely alone and instead focus on the behavior of of trump and it yet seems and, it might have been and yet and that, that, that but but you know, Jonathan Carl wasn't as bad as I thought he was going to be here. Last call to service for the late president, George H.W. Bush himself, orchestrating this uh, rare moment of unity. In fact, David, the Bush family reached out to the Trump White House months ago. They had a clear message. The message was that President Bush wanted President Trump and, and the First Lady to be part of his memorial. And if you looked out at that crowd today, you also noticed. Oh, sorry. I, I, I switched I switched things here and I I uh I didn't uh I, I didn't uh I didn't do the right thing. Hang on. Sorry about that. I I, I cut it off at the pass here. As you saw there, one of the most remarkable images Bush wanted President Trump and and the First Lady to be part of his memorial. And if you looked out at that crowd today, you also noticed that the Bush family also invited many of the president's top advisors, top White House officials were also there. And for his part, President Trump honored every request that the Bush family made in planning this week's events. And perhaps most importantly, he remained quiet, uncharacteristically so, leaving the spotlight for this week, entirely on the memory of the 41st president. So there you go. I mean, they're, they're sitting there going, boy, he was remarkably quiet. And they, and they completely leave out the fact that Hillary Clinton embarrassed herself, embarrassed her family, embarrassed her country, and embarrassed her party with her petulance, pettiness, and just abhorrent behavior there. But they just left her out of the thing. Had President Trump done something terrible? Or, or dissed somebody, imagine the outcry. But it was more than okay for people to, to, to do the dissing there if you're a Democrat, and especially if you're Hillary Clinton, who is the most coddled, spoiled, rotten brat in American politics. And it, it just is, uh, you know, and I, I hate to sound really super angry about it and, 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 uh, and, and bitter about it, 
But I, I will tell you that it really did uh, make me make me mad. Uh, it, it really did. And, and by the way, Rush Limbaugh, who was uh, interviewed by Martha McCallum, the coverage of President George H. said said basically he felt that that the the news media, even when they did give H.W. props, it was really just kind of fake, you know. He said that on uh, Martha McCallum's show. He was interviewed there at the uh, at the EIB network, and he and he was he this way. Uh, they had just as much animus for Bush forty one and Bush forty three as they do Trump for different reasons. But th- since the the current objective is to get rid of Donald Trump, however they can do it. Uh, driving down public opinion or Mueller's report and impeachment, anything they can do to contrast Trump with what they say was the greatness in the way it ought to be. Every good Republican in the media's idea loses. That's what they celebrate Trump, or rather Bush, because what did he do? He raised taxes. He was bipartisan. He went against the interests of his own party. <laughs> That's what made him a good guy. And it's just it's just phony. It's nothing more than a vehicle for them to continually contrast um, this, this made-up image that they have of George H.W. Bush. Yeah, so Rush Limbaugh was saying that, that the only reason the, the – News media even gave any ounce of a wave to HW, which was totally different than what they did the entire time that HW was uh, president, which which where, where they where they haunted the dude and they and they attacked the guy relentlessly when he was president of the United States and Dan Quayle for that matter. Suddenly, and Rush is pointing out that really what they were doing was burnishing the image of. HW just so they could use it as an attack on President Trump. So they elevated the stature of HW, which is something they never did when he was president, just because they needed something to contrast with President Trump. That's how manipulative the media wound up wound up being when it came to uh, when it came to covering this whole affair. Uh, I think overall. In gen- I didn't watch a whole lot of the networks. I-, I didn't see a whole lot of what they did. So, but I think I think overall, I think there was a uh, there was a little bit of a you know a situation where I thought that they did give him some degree of respect. But now that Rush points it out, it looks like the, the they got respect only because there was a uh, there was a contrast they could do with uh, with you know. With with Trump and just used it to 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 attack him uh, in one way or another. So that's how things uh, rolled with uh, with Rush there. Uh, by the way, uh, you um, we have another situation uh, where Kevin Hart, who is the uh, he's he's the Oscar hosting guy, uh, has now apparently. Uh, stepped down as the host of the Oscars with an apology because he had some, uh, some, I guess, homophobic tweets that were in his past. Uh, (laughs) And, and, you know, a lot of them were pretty, pretty rough stuff, but I have to tell you, uh, this week has been one of those weeks where, once again, we have gotten to the point where uh, we just don't ever debate anything anymore. We don't ever just simply 
talk to people, confront people, whatever. We just force them to resign, fire them, and do whatever. That's the world we live in now. With uh, and Kevin Hart, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I, I wouldn't do any of that kind of stuff, the, the homophobic stuff. But the reality is, can Kevin Hart have a chance to, uh, would Kevin Hart have a chance to kind of go back uh, and, and apologize for the tweets or, 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 or say something about them, put them in context, or just simply say, yeah, I'm a comedian, I'm kind of harsh, and that's what I do. I mean, he, and that's what he is. He's a comedian. He's kind of harsh, and, uh, and and that's what he does. But but he, can, can we get to a point where we have uh, in this country some means of of actually just uh, just debating and dealing with things instead of just simply pushing people out of their jobs and pushing people off of Facebook? Now, I do not know the politics of Kevin Hart. I do not care. I had the same situation when I was um, when, when I when I was when I was involved in the whole uh, deal regarding Mark Lamont Hill. I I, I have nothing in common with uh, Mark Lamont Hill, and I I have nothing in common with his politics or anything else. I I don't like the guy. I never liked the guy when he was on CNN as a commentator. But when he made those statements to that U.N. thing uh, on Israel and everything else, to fire him was, I thought, ridiculous. To fire him was way over the top. But that's what we do now in our society is we fire and force to resign. And having been a person who, first of all, has been a, a victim of that because of the actions of a cowardly corporate enterprise – and a left-wing mob uh, that that uh, I, I've and even before that I defended many people uh, who were in the same mode. I, I have uh, defended many people even before I was fired. I was very defensive of free speech and and what people had to say. And I know that speech has consequences. I get that, but. Maybe for once the consequences ought to be just simply debate and challenge as opposed to just simply erasing somebody's career or attempting to. I mean, they didn't erase my career, but uh, that's only because I, I was able to fight back. And, and here is the situation. You have you know, Kevin Hart, once again, having to decide, okay, I'm give up. I'm not going to do the Oscar host anymore. It's like, Really? I mean, don't you think that this this could have gone past and and uh, and and could have you know changed? Just couldn't people have gotten over this? And and even the the left will even attack their own. I mean, look what they did to Mark Lamont Hill. I mean, you know, so so I've been very defensive of all this. I ma- I made I made statements about uh, Maria Chappelle Nadell. I I have nothing in common with her politically, and in fact, I'm, I'm somewhat angered at her. Uh, regarding her stance uh, uh, about the uh, about the police and that kind of stuff, but I thought it was way over the top for Republicans to uh, be trying to, or or Democrats for that matter, to be demanding that she resign her position. If if people don't like what she had to say, then let her voters decide what her situation is. Let the voters decide her future. There's no reason why somebody else ought to come in and and. And and decide what her her future is. 
uh, it should be up to the voters who elected her to de-elect her. I said the same thing about about Eric Reitens. Uh, the the uh, these Republicans had really no position to simply say that Greitens should resign. When we had people who were uh, uh, Shemed Dogan uh, and all these other people who couldn't were addicted to microphones who were uh, calling for him to resign, it's like, leave that to us. We'll decide whether Eric Reitens ought to be governor when we go back in 2020 and decide whether or not to, to reelect him or not. But who is it to you to demand that he resign and force him out? And a lot of it only not because of what he did, but because you don't agree with him anyway. You, the, the, you, because you 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 don't like his politics is what the deal is. You don't like the fact that he's going after your uh, tax breaks that you're getting as these as these uh, wealthy gold diggers uh, who are getting your tax credits and then selling them on the on the black market. Essentially, he wanted to end that program that pissed everybody off. Sterling Bank and and what's his fat face over there with the uh, the uh, the. Uh, this weekly state capital this morning, whatever, I forgot his name even. He's kind of like erased from my memory. That guy who did the whole um, TV show there. And, you know, uh, but these guys were all uh, about this. And they, and they were, you know, they were all chasing after Eric. And I was like, you know, wait till the 2020. We'll do that. So that's where that's where the the element of the uh of, of the free speech element comes in where let's let's actually start having debates in this country instead of just demanding everybody resign or because of a tweet or because they something they say they said or something they did or whatever let's actually get mature as a country and and stop kowtowing also to the people who are attempting to run people out of dodge as well and and ultimately the only way we're going to be able to do this is by actually waging a formal battle which is what what I which which is what I'm undergoing now and probably in the in the process of uh, of of getting this together a lot of you are wondering about the the future regarding Stacy Newman and her slow son Drew her stepson Drew and and their cabal and their efforts to not only destroy the business, for instance, of uh, Dr. Naputi, who was uh, an advertiser on my show, but also uh, a regimented effort, a uh, regimented effort to get me off the air, to get me fired. And, you know, we are making the case that uh, this the days of people being able to simply try to destroy somebody's financial being and interfere with their contracts should be over. We should finally, we should finally fight this. We should finally take this to a real fight and have a court decide whether or not people are within their bounds of their own free speech to do these kinds of things. And what I'm saying to you is that, let me give you an example. Even during Martin Luther King's days, when he was, uh, in a situation where there were uh, trying, he was trying to do the in, the in the civil rights movement. Even when even when he was involved in the throes of the civil rights movement, never once did Martin Luther King or any of his people declare their desire to shut down a restaurant that wasn't serving black people at the lunch counter. 
Do you realize that in all of the civil rights movement, there was not one example of Martin Luther King or anybody else stating as their goal to shut down a business that didn't serve black people at the lunch counter, for instance? You realize that, right? You know what their stated goal was? They wanted black people to be able to eat there. They didn't want the business closed down. They wanted black people to have access to the business. So even even when the when they boycotted and 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 protested during the civil rights movement, even when they did that, they never demanded that somebody just go away. They never demanded that a store close. What they wanted was access to the store, access to that. So Alan Dershowitz has maintained, rather famously, by the way, Alan Dershowitz has maintained that a free speech effort that is designed to cancel out other speech is not defensible under the First Amendment. Alan Dershowitz has stated very plainly that an a, a, a effort under the guise of free speech that is solely designed to cancel out or suffocate more speech is not defensible under the First Amendment. In fact, it's torturous interference, among other things. So the actions of Stacey Newman and the other individuals in their stated goal, which was to get me fired, was which was to sub, uh, which was to remove hate from the airwaves. Their stated goal was to interfere with my financial contracts, knowingly and viciously, and to get me fired. And we're going to be maintaining that that's not a defensible act under the First Amendment. They might have thought it was because they'll, what they'll claim is that, well, they never really canceled out your free speech. You, you could have spoken on the street corner. That's not going to fly with a jury, I guarantee you. Because, because my main form of communication was through the radio and the television. And so... Uh, that so so that's pretty clear. That's pretty obvious. This idea somehow that well, we really didn't squash your free speech. You could have just simply, uh, you know, go, gone to a uh, gone to a uh, public square and started talking. That's that's not a defensible. That's not a defensible excuse. When your stated goal is to fire somebody and remove free speech, and also remove free speech by destroying the financial well-being of other companies, which is something Martin Luther King didn't even do, then, then you, are, you are in peril when it comes to your defense under the, under the First Amendment. And, and so at some point, somebody has to make a stand. Somebody has to make a stand. Somebody has to make a point. Somebody has to lay it out. And let's let the courts decide what's admissible and what isn't. Let's let, let, let's, let the, let's let somebody with some authority decide whether or not this stuff is defensible. 
And of course, then you have these companies that are so afraid. And I, I've used this example before, so I'm not going to I'm not going to exhaust it with you. But these companies are so afraid of uh, of acting. It's it's kind of like you know when people uh, when 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 people are so angry about a a certain thing, but they're not the customers of of said thing. Like for instance, the people who were attacking i mean i'm not i'm talking about when when drew newman concocted a computer program and utilized a computer as well as other bots and people to take down eric naputi's business and destroy his business these individuals were clearly acting from a standpoint of uh uh, of attack on his business, but none of them were customers or, or clients of Eric Naputi, and none of them were listeners to the Almond in the Morning Show. It, it's kind of like what happened with Howard Stern. When Howard Stern had all these people complaining about him, but they were groups of individuals who basically were tasked with com- making complaints just to get him off the air, they didn't even listen to him. And I use the example. It's kind of like, you know, Coca-Cola deciding they're going to change everything because 7-Up drinkers don't like them. We don't, we don't like Coca-Cola. And Coca-Cola's like, well, you drink 7-Up. Of course you don't like Coca-Cola. So would, you, would Coca-Cola change its recipe because 7-Up drinkers say that Coca-Cola doesn't taste good? No. But that's what companies are doing all the time. They're responding to people who aren't even their customers, who aren't even their listeners, or who aren't even their, the people that have ever ever given them a, a second. So that's where, why the mob has to be stopped. Because they come out of nowhere and, and, and they utilize technology and other forms of the media and it's not just to, to, to fire people, it's to destroy businesses too. And at some point, somebody has to pay for that action. Somebody has to be notified that that's not an acceptable action. And, and, and that's why this pursuit is a, is a worthy one, because at some point, somebody has to be put on notice that, uh, that uh, conservatives are going to start standing up for themselves and not – and you know what? Liberals have an interest in this too because, because I wouldn't want it to happen to a liberal radio host or a liberal person. And again, going all the way back again to the civil rights movement, not one time did Martin Luther King or any of his other people state as their goal – the destruction of a business that didn't serve black people. They stated as their goal a boycott to extract a different form of behavior from the restaurants. Uh, I'll take, just use this as an example, a restaurant that would not allow a black person to sit at the lunch counter with, with whites. And so Martin Luther King and his uh, group's uh, activists' desire was not to uh, was not to close the restaurant down. They said black people want to eat there. They actually wanted to create more customers for the place, but they wanted them to be black. So again, as Dershowitz has famously pointed out, 
and, 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 and he will help us in this effort. The ACLU, as you all were wondering, maybe the ACLU, the ACLU won't. Because it's the, it's the stated goal of the left wing these days to just simply erase voices that are opposed to opposed to them. They, they, don't, they want to squash voices. They want to intimidate and they want to, uh, uh, they wanted to do uh, things like scream at people at restaurants and, 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 and make their lives uncomfortable or whatever. But but you know Maxine Waters' stated goal was to 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 make Trump supporters disappear basically, to to make them afraid to come out in public because uh, or or Bush or uh, Trump cabinet members because they would be harassed. Instead of debating the merits of uh, Trump policies or whatever, they decided to exact violence on them, and and it's violent to go into a restaurant and take somebody's food and scream at them. That's an act of violence. And, and again, that's not defensible. That's that's harassment. But yet we just put up with it, and and unfortunately, uh, for the sake of uh, conservatives, and for that matter, future liberals who who, if conservatives want to do that to them, they, they'd be protected too. But at some point, somebody's going to have to stand up and say, uh, "This isn't happening again. This isn't going to. This is this is over." And and I guarantee you, let me tell you something. Uh, they almost destroyed Eric Naputi's business. They almost they almost ruined Eric Naputi's business for supporting me. And they stated as their goal to ruin his business, to shut his business down, to shut his computers down, to. Uh, disrupt his financials, finances and everything else. So their goal was not, please, Eric, you know, uh, talk to Jamie, don't let, don't tell, tell you do this or, or, or not even remove your advertising. That wasn't good enough for them. They wanted to destroy Eric Naputi's business. They wanted to, they wanted to punish him and, and, and not, uh, change his behavior. They wanted to punish him for behavior that was already exhibited by his support of me. And they wanted to punish him financially. That's not an acceptable act on the part of anybody, much less a person who was acting in the color of a state, as Stacey Newman was, as a state representative, who pushed these businesses around and, and 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 these businesses knew that that she was in a position to hurt them if she wanted to because she's a state representative. She's a she's an official with the state government. So, uh, and 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 Naputi uh, will tell you the story, and 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 this story will come out eventually. So uh, there's a, there's an outfit called the Gateway Blend, and. Uh, and I'll tell you the story, and, and, and it's interesting though too, because 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 this is a little inside baseball. But I think you guys sometimes appreciate this, the inside scoop on what's really going on. So the the uh, it's called the Gateway Blend, and it's an outfit that does marketing and that kind of stuff. And Drew Newman is an employee of Gateway Blend. There was a former employee of Drew uh, who worked with Drew Newman who unwisely decided 
uh, Patty, who is they? Stacy Newman, Drew Newman, and I was about to tell you Gateway Blend. Uh, people at Gateway Blend and others. They they were wanting to destroy Eric Deputy's business. The people who t- took me out at ninety seven one were t- trying to destroy Eric's business. So the uh, so you have the Gateway Blend and they do a bunch of more. And Drew Newman's there. And and Drew Newman had a fellow employee uh, who had since left, but unwisely decided to. Uh, to put on a Facebook page that was, you remember when the Golden Oak Lending folks decided they were going to support the show? The Golden Oak Lending folks supported, decided they were going to support the show, and then the mob tried to come back. Just, do you remember that? When the Stacey Newman mob tried to come back and bully and threaten Golden Oak Lending, remember that? Because we made a big deal out of it that Golden Oak Lending was supporting the uh, Radio Free Almond product. And so the mob tried to come back and attack Golden Oak Lending. You all came back and erased these people. There are a couple of these hipster a-holes who are still milling around here in St. Louis who decided to try to do that. And they were quickly suffocated by all of you and i appreciate that and that'll happen again with other stations as well because this fight isn't over and 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 we're going to keep pushing their heads underwater as we go along but nonetheless they tried to do this and so one of drew newman's fellow employees and i'm not going to name him because that'll 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 uh take that'll that'll happen later unwisely decided that he was going to post on the facebook page and of course I screenshotted it, and it's, you know, held in perpetuity. This guy used to work with Drew Newman at Gateway Blend. So he goes on the Facebook page where they are attacking uh, me and Golden Oak Lending, and he decides that he's going to basically admit that Stacey Newman and Drew Newman at the Gateway Blend conspired to get me fired. It was in response to uh, somebody said Jamie Allman had a lot of fans out there and blah, blah, blah. And this guy, stupid ass dude, because because he's going to get a subpoena, the dummy. But uh, decides that he's going to put in a in 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 perpetuity. He's going to lay it out there. And he said, Jamie Allman didn't have that many fans when I was working with Drew Newman and Stacy Newman. In in the and I'm 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 kind of paraphrasing here in the operation to get Jamie Allman off the air. We only saw a few people protesting outside of our offices, and he, at that time he was a human resources director at Gateway Blend. And dude, we're coming at you, and you're going to help us because you put it down on paper. So uh, thank you, and 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 get ready. So he. Uh, he put on paper that that's what they were doing. And in fact, uh, we have access to uh, an, e- an email as well that was, that, was, that was sent that had that in it as well. So that was the stated goal is to, is to actually fire me, which again is not a defensible act. But this guy was so stupid. He doesn't work there anymore. I don't know why he doesn't work there anymore. 
And hopefully he's a bitter ex-employee still because uh, if he's not a bitter ex-employee now, he will be after what we put him through. But anyway, so that dude, because he, he couldn't help himself and because he was still so angry about everything, he decided in an effort to attack me to basically admit everything these guys were doing. And Drew Newman at the Gateway Blend, and and uh, and uh, and Stacy Newman. Oh yeah, when we were all working on it uh, to get Jamie Allman off the air, there he had very little. Fa- I was like, oh, oh, really? Thank you for that, dummy. But thank you. So uh, on then to Eric Naputi. So. Naputi is getting hammered by these people. They're, they're, they're going on the page. They're trying to uh, flood the page. They're trying to bring – they're trying to break the, the, the Facebook page or the internet page down. And then, and then they are threatening to attack all of his financials and everything else. And they're relentlessly hammering Naputi's website, relentlessly – blasting the website and hitting it and trying to bring it down and then going on and putting in unfavorable reviews and all that kind of thing. They want to destroy Eric's business. Their goal is not a a free speech boycott. They want to destroy his business is what they want to do. And again, we'll we'll maintain that's, that's not a defensible First Amendment act when your effort is to destroy businesses and erase other forms of speech. That's not, that's not defensible. Alan Dershowitz will tell you that. And also, all you have to do is look at the civil rights movement, as I said. And even when Martin Luther King was boycotting places, their desired stated goal was not to close the places down, but to open access to blacks to these places. So it was a change in behavior and policy, not an effort to bring the diner that didn't serve the black at the lunch counter was was not destroyed by by Martin Luther King. It was encouraged by boycott to invite blacks in to eat there. So in a, in a sense, they were also creating other customers. So, so it, was, it was almost the opposite of destroying your business. They were actually wanting to open the business up. And again, that's a defensible form of free speech. The way they did it here is not. So they uh, they continued to hammer Naputi's office, uh, and and Eric Naputi was very publicly on my side, and actually stated to to, to ninety seven one before all this, as did Rick Pogue with Arrowhead Building Supply. Thank you very much for that, Rick. They sent letters to ninety seven one and said, "We are not advertising." Any more with you if you get rid of Jamie Allman. We're gone if you do that. And you know what? Both of them uh, absolutely followed through on their promise because Arrowhead Building Supply isn't anywhere near that morning show over there at 97.1. And Eric Deputy erased $7,000 a month in revenue at 97.1 as a result. Stopped it altogether. Quit. He was probably one of the most prolific advertisers at 97.1, and he was gone. He was out of there. And so uh, Eric Deputy, though, uh, as, as a do- he was getting so hammered by these people, and his business was being hurt 
even though his customers were loyal to him, but still having all these reviews on your site and having all these electronic cyber attacks that were perpetrated by uh, Stacey Newman's slow steps on Drew out of Gateway Blend. Uh, Eric DePuty finally picked up the phone. Uh, and Melissa, yeah, definitely deal with Arrowhead from now on because they're 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 and they're and they're going to come back to the Radio Free Almond product. I just was uh, I just was forbidden from actually outwardly soliciting them because uh, I I couldn't uh, I was abiding by my my restrictions in my contract. I actually held up my end of the contract, unlike Intercom. But now that's gone because I, I I was victorious in that mediation there regarding my non competes. So anyway, Eric DePuty finally picked up the phone. Oh yeah, they're they're giving away. Yeah, they are giving away advertising. I mean, they're 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 yeah, they're giving it away, babe. Thank you. But no, uh, so Eric DePuty finally picked up the phone, and he called Dan Buck. Now I don't I don't know exactly. You guys know Dan Buck. He's an old friend of mine. But he finally, and Dan Buck had some connection to Gateway Blend. I don't know whether he was with Gateway Blend or what he was doing there, but he had a connection, and he knew Drew Newman. And he, and he knew those guys at Gateway Blend. And, and Naputi said, uh, yeah, you slow steps. He's, he is slow, but he's your stepson, and it's kind of like they're, they're kind of the, the nightmare family over there, the Newmans. But anyway, yeah, he Drew Newman actually on Mother's Day. This is how disgusting these people are. On Mother's Day, which was after I was fired, everything else, and and Eric Greitens had gotten into trouble and maybe I think resigned by then. I can't remember what happened. No, he didn't. Uh, it was later. But anyway, he was still in peril as a result. On Mother's Day, little Oedipus boy decides he's going to uh, – uh, with the with the Oedipus confl- complex with his stepmom, he 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 sits there and, and puts a picture of up there, acting as she's calling her like the Tony Soprano of politics or whatever, because she managed to uh, to to off all these people. So he was celebrating his weird stepmom on Mother's Day for her crass, indefensible acts as a left wing lunatic. That's how that's how the Newmans celebrate Mother's Day by celebrating her witchery. So he puts her up there on his Facebook page. That that was really crazy. But anyway, so uh, Dan Buck, I knew him when he was at, at, at work with him a long time back, and blah, blah blah. So he had some connection to to the Gateway Blend. So Eric Naputi also knows Dan Buck, uh, and called Dan Buck and said, "Dude." Stop what you're doing to my business or else. Stop what you're doing to my business. You better go tell Drew Newman and all these other guys that they better stop trying to destroy my business or I'm, I'm coming back. I'm, I'm coming for the, these people. You better do it or else. And guess what? A day later, it was done. It was over. A day later, it was over. Dan Buck's a good friend of mine, but he'll be subpoenaed too. And we'll hear the whole story. How'd that happen? How'd it happen that, that suddenly when you were asked to go 
tell Drew Newman to get to get uh, to to stop his attacks? How did it happen that it, it suddenly did stop? And it did. The next day, it was over. There were no more cyber attacks. There were still some ancillary attacks on him and obviously some comments on the Facebook page and those kinds of things. But for the most part, the actual the actual racketeering end of this, the actual cyber racketeering that, in my opinion, Drew Newman was involved in, ended, stopped with one phone call to Dan Buck by, uh, by uh, Eric Deputy. One phone call. And Eric Deputy was pretty, and, and I don't know whether you know Eric, but uh, Eric's a very nice, passionate person and, and is a very successful, balls-to-the-wall, ride-or-die guy. But you screw him or attempt to, you are going to pay. And so as passionate he is on the positive end, because he's very pass, uh, he's all overall a positive guy, but you start messing with him and his family and his business and his friends, he's going to saddle up. And he did. So anyway, that's, that's how that worked. And so folks, what I'm getting at, and all this is an outgrowth of the conversation about Kevin Hart having to just simply uh, stop, you know, uh, uh not be the the host of the Oscars anymore because of some anti-gay tweets. It's like, all right, I get it, but when are we going to get to a point in this country where 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 the automatic response to anything someone does wrong is to be fired or resign or quit or be pushed out or whatever? I mean, it's getting to be where we just don't even talk anymore. And and actually, it gets worse though when people launch a technical. Attack, and I'm talking about attack not only under color of a state office holder like Stacey Newman, but also uh, under under the uh, auspices of a of an actual business that has the ability and the technological ability to create bots and cyber attacks and that kind of thing, which is what, in my opinion, the Gateway Blend did, and it will prove they did or at least the slow steps on Drew Newman. I'm not quite sure the Gateway Blend even knows what he was up to on their time. I don't even know whether he knows that, whether, whether Gateway Blend knows this is going on. I mean, they will, but I don't, I don't know whether, uh, you know, uh, I, I don't know whether they're, they're actually in any way, shape, or form going to be, uh, they, they, they knew he was doing this, come to think of it. Because I don't think those guys at Gateway Blend, uh, and, and that's that's probably why Dan Buck was able to have the influence that he did, because he went over there and said, "Dude, you're doing this out of the Gateway Blend offices," and and, and, and in fact, on on most of these things, we could we we trace the IP right to him. I mean, it, it's right, it's coming from Drew Newman's computer. So that that's that's not going to be hard to to prove, and so uh, that's why Dan was able to kind of go in after being basically threatened by by Eric Deputy, not threatened with physical harm, but you know threatened. Uh, why it stopped all of a sudden? Because it, it, and I don't know whether I don't know whether Dan Buck was in um, 
But once he was once he was informed that Drew Newman was do, up to something, Dan went in there and said, "Dude, hey, slow stepson, stop it." So to this day, I don't even know whether uh, the, anybody at the Gateway Blend knew what was going on on their time and coming from their computers. I don't know. I, I mean, that, that would be something I'd be interested to find out because I mean, I don't really know much about Gateway Blend or about the people who run the place. Uh, but it's not my belief that they had an interest in getting me fired. I, I, I mean, they're, they're a company that just does a lot of uh, a, a lot of marketing and that kind of stuff. So I, I don't know. I, there's a chance they didn't even know what Drew Newman was up to on company time over there. But I don't know. We'll we'll have to we'll have to we'll have to find that out. But anyway. I was just trying to explain to you about about uh, the technicalities of that, and I'll double back on it because some of you have just popped on the Facebook page. As I noticed, there's a great deal of interest in this backstory here. So, the, so it, it does appear that uh, that, uh, that 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 again, when you state as your goal the ruination of someone's financial contracts and the eraser of their means of communication of exercising their first amendment rights that's not defensible under the first amendment and we're going to get a call one way or the other on it cuz it's about time somebody said uh the jig is up we're going to stop this and 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 we're going to we're going to make you uh pay and and Melissa you're right it's it's it had to be all Drew Newman and the guy, and the and 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 I don't know whether that's why the human resources guy is gone. I, but he's the guy who went up there uh, unwisely on the Golden Oak Lending controversy Facebook page when they were trying to go after Golden Oak Lending. He's the one that went up there and all but admitted everything they were doing. But he's not an employee there anymore, and I wonder whether or not he uh, he he is not an employee because I don't know I don't know what happened over there. But he's not there anymore. But uh, and if he's tried to move on, it's going to be hard for him because he's going to be uh, dragged back into the, his life from spring of last year. That's for sure. We'll 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 uh, ring a few bells for him for the uh, for the spring. So we'll uh, we'll see how this whole thing goes. But 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 my general point is that at some point. You know, somebody has to be put on notice that that's not a defensible act under any circumstances to uh, to try to separate people from their financial contracts, to interfere with their financial contracts and and to uh, and to uh, remove another voice that that, that, that it's never been what a boycott does. And even in Martin Luther King's day, that's that wasn't what they did. That wasn't what their goal was. And so we're gonna we're gonna make this play uh, once and for all. But again, I, I mean, and and I have the added, uh, I have the uh, the the added element here of of having never been on the record uh, as as being picking and choosing who I defend. And I've defended some really uh, otherwise would be considered bad people. Even before I was fired, I was defending them. I, you know, uh, Kathy Griffin, I didn't think 
you know, when she had that cut off head, fine. That's really bad. You're terrible. But do I want Kathy Griffin removed from every show she's on? No, not unless the people want want that to happen. But 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 did that did that did she deserve to be? You know, have her career ended over it? I don't know. I guess that's up to the people. The you know. Snoop Dogg with a toe tag of uh, uh, of Trump. I think it's terrible what he did, but you know, uh, you know who's 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 going to ultimately care except for the, with the few white kids in West County who listen to Snoop. And, and, and then uh, another example when um, who was it? What was it? Uh, we are who who was it? When I was I was talking to, I, I, there's so many examples of of people being thrown out to the Maria Chappelle and Adele. They went, her to resign because of this and her sa- her removed from the Senate. It's like, no, well, you know, let the voters do that. If you don't like what she said, let the voters decide whether or not they, they, they want her or not. I don't, I don't want some Republican uh, house member to decide Maria Chappelle's status. It's none of their business. She, she, it's, it's her voters who voted her in. They can decide one way or the other. But I defended her then too. I was the only conservative in town who defended her, and 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 she and I don't agree on anything, hardly. And, and so I I defended these people and 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 set it up and and put it up and you know I I and and so I've been consistent on that matter. Roseanne Barr, they shouldn't have fired her over over what she did. It's ridiculous ending that show like that. But they're cowards, and there are too many of them in this country, and and we're going to have to at some point. Uh, you know, put this put this baby to rest and 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 decide and make a court decide once and for all whether this is a defensible act or way to approach things. I'm talking about with with Newman and her slow stepson Drew. So we'll uh, we'll do uh, we'll do that and 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 uh, the uh, the the only regret I have is that we're not pulling the trigger. So that we could, during the holidays, so I could present them with a with a special holiday gift, but that's coming. I have to wait, and we had to wait until we had all the stuff. Uh, we had to wait to, to have all the stuff um, worked out with Intercom, and had to figure that out, that stuff out before we moved on. But so I'm missing out on the ability to put a bow on the holiday gift for the Newmans, but. I'll give him a uh, a happy new year gift. But that's how it goes, folks. And at some point, we have to decide as a country whether or not we're going to have discussions or we're just going to erase the voices of people we don't like. And I, I defended Mark Lamont Hill, Kevin Hart. You know, I'm I'm probably as liberal in the in the in the in the uh, regarding people's sexuality or their homeless, whatever, you know, gay marriage, all that, because I'm probably as liberal as they come on that. Uh, but if Kevin Hart said some anti-gay things like that, uh, all right, let him comment on it or something. Let, let him defend it somehow. But why he should be forced to step down as host of the Oscars is another example of, of this time he stepped down before he was pushed out because they would have fired him. So this time he stepped down before he was pushed out. And at some point, you know, we're going to have to just simply, you know, decide what what we're going to do as a country. Is it is it is it an acceptable response to a policy 
to be a sitting member of Congress and openly threaten people getting gas at the gasoline station or eating their food at a restaurant, to openly encourage civil war because you disagree with somebody's policies where you where 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 a a voter a voter is harassed now that's that's only third world uh kind of stuff and and it's it's no surprise that a person like Maxine Waters adopts the uh the ethics of a banana republic it's not a surprise at all she's that backwards but still is that an acceptable form of communication to to uh to, to order your flying monkeys to attack people at restaurants and gasoline stations because you 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 do not you disagree with somebody hell we we had we had a massive temper tantrum on the part of the left after Trump won and it's ho hum i don't think one person has been sent to jail for breaking windows and and burning cars on inauguration day, I think one person's been incarcerated as a result of that, which is a federal crime because it took place in D.C. Not one person. The mob actions on Trump supporters at at uh, at uh, go to who go to rallies and things like that. I mean, uh, we got to decide, you know, whether we're going to actually talk about things or just simply uh, act out and have temper tantrums. You know, and, and of course, it doesn't help that that people like Hillary Clinton uh, do these crazy things uh, with uh, with with uh, the funeral, where they decide that there's not going to be any, you know, she doesn't really even look at anybody. It's like, wow, that that's that's your titular head of the Democratic Party right there. In all her full-blown blown petulance, it's crazy. So anyway, that's the story uh, coming from me regarding free speech and beyond. I got my uh, friends from Golden Oak Lending here. Dustin is back, so I'm going to get to him, and then we're going to be uh, telling you a little bit about uh, Santino Cigars and Cocktails as well. So I want to make sure you guys know that you go down to Arnold and Vogel Road, and enjoy 84 different kinds of craft beers, 180 different kinds of liquors. And you walk in and largest humidor in the in town. And you mention my name, and you'll get a free cigar if you mention Radio Free Almond. At Cena, Santino Cigars and Cocktails. And we also have, of course, Nutrition HQ, NHQ.rocks. Veteran owned, and yep, that's Ricky Hall, former Air Force or Air Force veteran. And just was in there the other day. I got this um, really great. Uh, pre-workout there can't remember what it's called Did I bring it in with me no but it's really good it's it's a uh, it's this uh, powder it's a phosphorus and I'm doing a little more weights and that kind of stuff and 
and it really helps with 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 the pre workout, this phosphorus uh, concoction. But he recommended it because I asked him, "How can I blah blah blah?" And he's like, "Yeah, here, boom." So you walk in there, whatever your desire is. You want more energy? You want more lean muscle? You want to bulk up with your muscle? I don't know. You want to get a good vitamin pack going? You want your hormones boosted. Let's say your testosterone levels are low and you want a little boost there. He's got Virilitad. And you're a woman. You want some, on the other end, you want to boost up your verve. He's got that for you, too. Proteins, healthy foods. He's got the protein pizzas. They're, they're no-carb pizzas. They have as the crossed chicken instead of dough. So you'll love all that. Dustin's here. How you doing, buddy? Very good, Jamie. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Uh, thanks for coming in. Oh, thank you for having us. And I have to mention, free cigar? Oh, yeah. Free cigar? Are you a cigar guy? I used to be, but I uh, occasionally don't mind uh, going yeah. back to it a little bit. Well, I, I'm sure with little kids around, uh, the uh, you're not smoking in the house. I know that. That stopped pretty much. Once, <laughs> yeah, once right. the wife that, got pregnant, that, that stopped. Right on. Yeah. But yeah, you go into uh, Santino Cigars and Cocktails, and you mention uh, my name, get a free cigar. Not bad. Right there off Vogelway. Really easy to get to, by the way. It's like, you know, remember one time I was leaving the MAC, and I had an appointment there at 6.30. We are going to hang out there, and I uh, thought I was going to be late because I was leaving. I was like 20 after 6. I had to be down there at Arnold at 6.30, and I'll be darned if I didn't get down there right at 6.30. I was out in West County, and it's just 270, and boom, you're down right. at 55, and... You're right there from anywhere. Yeah. It's very free. easy to get to. Yeah. You drink beer? Occasionally. You don't drink much either. You don't drink much at all? No. Here and there. Well, if you want to drink, if you want to pick up a little, pick up drinking, you know, take up a little more drinking. <laughs> we, do some, we do some wine here and there with dinner and all that, but yeah. If your news resolution is to drink more, <laughs> uh, Santino Cigars and Cocktails has it for you. Why don't people make resolutions? Like, you know, I'm going to drink a little more this year. I'm going to try new whiskeys this time. That's a good one. Yeah. I'm going to have, you know, I hate to fill out, like, medical forms and things. Like, you know, they're like, uh, you know, how often do you drink? I'm like, all the time. (laughs) I'm like, I feel bad. Apparently, you're supposed to, like, but two drinks a day is good. It's fine. But yeah, the, the medical, you know, whenever you fill out the intake forms or whatever, it's like, how many drinks a day do you have? It's like, seven? <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. Are you kind of cases, 12 packs? Yeah, no, I mean, no, but it's like, you know, two? How often? Um, seven days a week? <laughs> 365 days a year? <laughs> but nonetheless, uh, they have everything for you. Craft beers and uh, any kind of liquor you want and... and uh, and if you and they have soda pop too, if you want to go there, you have know, a soda pop. You can do that. Yeah, right. Believe it or not, I don't drink a lot of that either. <laughs> I know. I'm pretty Sugar. clean when it comes to that. I a uh, lot of water and that's, yeah. that's and coffee. Sugar coffee. is the uh, is the enemy of the state. Uh, you know, it's funny you say that, but that's a whole other show and a whole other time, I guess. But yeah, that's, there's a lot with that. You're right. Oh yeah, I mean it's the it's the destructor of all is uh, is sugar. It's amazing how many things like I, I even do. Sometimes I'll do a. You know, a protein or something like that. And uh, listen, I, I'll eat candy corn with the best of them. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'll do that. But uh, 
But you look at the sugar content of some of these drinks and things like that that otherwise look healthy to you. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they've they got 22 grams of sugar in them. It's like stay as far away from that as you possibly can. You got to watch it. Yeah. In fact, Ricky Hall at Nutrition HQ has a uh, plastic Coke bottle, like a you know one of those uh, twelve ounce Coke bottles, and uh, it's empty, but it has sugar on the bottom, and it has you know the, the entire bottom. It's about two fingers of sugar in there. This is which is what you're consuming. You're actually drinking when you have, when you yeah. have that uh, <laughs> thing. It's terrible for kids, and uh, I, I'm not I'm, I'm not the you know the I'll eat a Coke. I mean you know. Uh, but I'm just saying that that uh, that it's generally it's not. Uh, it's all about moderation. Uh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. You can have it, just not that much. Yes, <laughs> yes, right, exactly. It's kind of one of those things where I always I I, I had to break myself of the habit of believing that uh, you know they they said like uh, two glasses or a glass of wine a day is great, and you think well then a bottle must be amazing. For you, <laughs> I had to break myself of that whole that whole thing because that's actually not true. Back to the moderation. <laughs> Back to the moderation. Moderation is all in all things," said Benjamin Franklin. Uh, except for sometimes your points of view when you are strongly committed to something, and and had the guys who run, uh, had Sean and James and these guys decided to be to be moderate in their desire to be excellent. That would not have worked. That wouldn't be so great. No, so you know, no. you know what? You, moderation in all things except excellence. Except excellence. Which is That's what right. you're finding at uh, Golden Oak Lending. 314-567-GOLD is it over there, goldenoaklending.com. So what's going on this week? Actually, uh, they raised loan limits, which is a pretty big deal, actually. So the government allowed the loan limit to go up. It's a little over 30000 to 484 which keeps people out of jumbo loans now, which is a big deal. That can be – interest rates can be a percent or so less now, so – when you're refinancing, purchasing, that's a pretty big deal. That's interesting because I, I – uh, so so does that erases the jumbo loan aspect or – doesn't erase it. It just – a person who before – let's just say you – because we come across this. Right. So you're refinancing your house. You've got $60,000 in credit card debt, but you owe 430000 on your house, 420000 on your house. You were only going to be able to take care of about 30000 of that before you had to move over to a jumbo loan, which has higher interest rates, a little bit – I don't want to say tougher to get done, but there's just different guidelines. Conventional is a little bit easier to get done. So now, when they raised that thirty thousand, now if you owe four hundred twenty thousand on the house, you can still get your sixty thousand out if you needed to to pay off that additional debt. So it just doesn't move you into that jumbo loan program as quickly, right? So it's better terms, better program. Yeah, because I, I remember I've, I've been I've been in the I've been in a situation where I had to get a jumbo loan and uh, and. It would have been nice not to have to do the added things that a jumbo loan requires, yeah, yeah. and pay the added points. Yeah, it's a little. It's just yeah, it's a little bit different program. So it sometimes can be more costly in some cases, and it's more about the guidelines are just a little stricter when it comes right. to that. Whereas with the conventional loan, you have a little bit more freedom to do things, right? And it's a bit more open for everybody. Now, how come the government? Uh, what was what was the reason for that anyway? I don't really know the okay. exact reasons on why they do that, but generally it's because of where the market's at. House prices are at an all-time high. When you're selling your house, you're getting more out of your house than you ever were, and values are up. So people, and also just the lifestyles that we leave now are a little bit more expensive. And so you have a little bit more 
you owe a little bit more. And for, to allow people to be able to do more with their homes or buy more of a home under that, it allows them to do so. And they did that with FHA last year as well, and it, it's helped out quite a bit. Oh, good. Okay. So, so I mean, because there are some people who decide that they're not going to do something because it goes into jumbo territory. So, Correct. Uh, not to act. So this is a new frontier for people. So if all of you out there have kind of been, you know, gun shy about uh, doing crafting something and getting something done uh the folks at golden oak lending can now do it for you easy more easily because of some of the easing of the of the limits on yeah. on the loans and then of course still you have uh if you refi with golden oak lending you still have the ability for the next two months not to have to pay a mortgage payment. No payments, two months. Good. I talked to someone about that yesterday, and they're like, so I heard this two-month thing. I said, yeah, you can miss. And for them, it would be a little bit different, but they're going to miss January and February. That's a big big amount of payments to miss right after Christmas and everything else, starting the new year, not making a first payment until March. I mean, that's a big deal. Yeah, when all your bills are coming due after yeah. after Christmas, it's quite a mm-hmm. relief not to have to have to do shell out the money for the mortgage for that, and, that, yeah. and that's great. And then also, folks, when you do a uh, – when you get, when you get a mortgage checkup, and you mentioned Radio Free Almond, they also give you free appraisal with all that too. Pretty awesome. Yeah, no doubt, yeah. no doubt. And how are interest rates now? We talked about it, I think, a little bit last week. But how do the, how are things going with the whole interest rate? Uh, and 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 are we looking for another hike? coming in spring, or what's the forecast for all that? The funny thing is, is that they haven't changed. They haven't said that they're going to change anything. They're going to continue to raise rates. But I think just because the way the economy is reacting to the way the rates are at, they're what I call a little micro dip in the market that's starting to go down. They were going to an all, kind of an all-time high, and then they just started dripping back down. I think they've realized, at least the economy has realized, that these interest rates aren't holding. And so slowly but surely, the market's dictating that the rates are going down a little bit more. So it's, uh, again, not a huge Dip, but there is a dip in the market right now. Yeah, and, and and it was interesting too. And we've talked about this before, obviously. But but it's funny how the Fed is uh, so nitpicky on the rates, and and for for the entirety of the Obama administration, it was zero. They didn't do anything, and then suddenly it's like. Uh, and I, th- I think ultimately the markets react a little to that, and, and they're a little bit sometimes a little bit uh, disturbed by by that whole thing. Yeah, you can just tell just a bit different reports. What's happening in real estate? You know, whatever comes out, then they've realized. You know, the bond starts reacting to it, and next thing you know, the bond starts dipping, then the rates start dipping, and that's where we're at now. Right now, does Golden Oak Lending have? You guys have a holiday party? You guys have your just had one yesterday, last oh, night. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of fun. How was it? It's a great time. A lot Look of fun. At you. Those, those guys are fun. They. They're they're real great to us, real good yeah. to us, and you've got uh, all the great food you can eat, and they t- they take care of people, and and it's it's a lot of fun just sitting around talking to everybody for a couple hours. It was a good time. Yeah, I mean it's it's uh, one big happy family over there at Golden Oak Lending, and I I love going over there when I when I met with uh, James and Sean, the rest of the team over there, and it was just a great vibe overall. You could tell that people who worked there were happy that they knew each other. And that they've been there a long time. You know, that you guys have uh, really a, a great – I did uh, talk to James about this a while back when I was there, is that you guys have a lot of people who have been there a long time. I mean, they, they've been there and, and, and grown up even through the ranks. And, in fact, James and Sean came from being uh, loan officers essentially to owners of the company. So uh, that's, a good, that's always a good sign when, when the familiar – 
faces are there. It is. In fact, we just had our underwriting manager. He just celebrated his 17th year there. Wow. That's a good. huge thing. I mean, uh, that's amazing. To, you just don't see that with mortgage companies. It's, yeah. it's just how great they treat people. That's great, man. Well, good. And, and you're none the worse for wear coming in this morning after a holiday party. Normally, you know, it's a, it's a ghost town at the office or whatever else. But for Dustin, it's another, another day at the office, uh, as it always is for these guys and for them helping you. So it's 314-567-GOLD, 314-567-GOLD, uh, goldenoaklending.com. And it just so happens their building out there at Westport, if you go out there, is gold, but not because of Gold Oak Lending. It just happens to be a gold building. Gold building and Gold Oak Lending. Yeah. I know. I mean, it's, you guys see awesome. what, 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 what a deal. All right, buddy. Well, good. Well, uh, congratulations, and thank you very much for, for coming in, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, have a good time. Take care, Jamie. I'll get the sugar story from you at some point. Yeah, we'll have to talk about that. I've, yeah. got, I've got a lot of information about health and diet and nutrition. Oh, wh- why is that? Just because that's what you do or – it, it started a long time ago with kids and oh. allergies and things like that. Yeah. And once you once you start opening, it's like anything else. Once you start opening it up a little bit and you shed it back a little bit, you find out more and more and more. And yeah, next thing you know, you you just become educated about it and yeah, change the way you live your life. Well, that's interesting because uh, you, you know a long time ago, like and this was in the uh, early nineties. Uh, I did some work on uh, on on uh, on additives. Food additives and, and other ways. It was it was almost it was like a, almost a going green series that I did, where where uh, I had all kinds of concoctions that people could make that were natural cleansers, for instance, uh, natural window cleaners that you could make that were that involved vinegar and you know yeah. all kinds of things you could do that were and instead of having these. Uh, Pot, potentially harmful chemicals in your house, and this was it wasn 't even just because people had allergies but um, and then the the effects of certain uh colognes or perfumes and things that are in there that are on people and then the course went to, into the food additive category and talked about how uh, these these food these additives in certain kinds of foods are so bad for you and it was wasn 't only red dye number forty or whatever it was it was other things that were put in there that 's where I discovered that for instance um, the the whole fat free craze was a terrible development for a lot good. of people yeah because they were um, they, well if you remember olestra you know and they and they made these they made potato chips out of olestra and it was a fat replacer. Okay, it was supposedly something. Unfortunately, people would eat potato chips made of Olestra, and then about a half hour later, they'd be on the toilet because this stuff was just going right through you. And it was, you know, ba- I'm sorry for the imagery there, but um, it was, you know, it was, you know, Olestra just turned out to natural. be a nightmare. Yeah. And uh, and, pe- and people couldn't digest it. That was the problem. You couldn't digest the damn thing. Uh, and so it became a problem. And so that, that's why you don't have Olestra anymore. Yeah. Then they came up with the, the, you know, the fat-free cookies. And so people thought, well, I know what I'll do. Since it's fat-free, I'll, instead of having two, I'll eat the whole damn sleeve. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. And, of course, that's a bad idea because being fat-free doesn't mean there aren't calories. Or, so, sugars or sugars or other bad preservatives. And, yeah. Right. And yeah. so people were like, you know, why am I getting fat? It's like, because you're eating a whole sleeve of cookies. But they're fat-free. It's like, get, bleh, please. <laughs> so so, th- so that whole thing, th- that's also where I learned that, uh, y- you know, like fat-free dressings, like salad dressings. So they take the fat out of a salad dressing, like a, like a creamy Italian or a, or a you know, a, um, 
what do they call it? The white, what's the white one? Uh, the, the white salad dressing, what is that called? Like ranch or... Yeah, ranch, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> so they have a ranch. It's fat-free ranch. It's like, okay, uh, good. I, I taste the fat out. Any less fat I can eat. Uh, but the problem is what you're doing is, 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 is in order for a salad dressing to maintain its viscosity and its, and its texture, fat is actually a, a huge component of texture... And viscosity and everything else. Fat is actually in moderation is good. And in fact, kids need fat. They just need it in different formulations. Your brain requires it. Yes. To function on a high level, you have to have fats. Yes. Yeah. And you just have to have it an ability to understand, you know, how to consume them and in, in, in what ways Which to consume ones them. And like an avocado right. fat is a good fat. It's very good fat. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. but 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 the the um the so so that's where I learned that okay, so what are they how are they maintaining the viscosity and the texture of a ranch dressing that's fat free? How do they how do they keep it looking like how do they keep it from just pouring out like water and and and, and in fact making it look like it has fat because fat is the thing that keeps everything together. And it turns out they use a thing called alginates. And alginates are actually derived from algae, but they're also but they're but it's a chemi- it's a kind of a chemical compound. Uh, it's called an alginate. And it's like, well, alginates are the same thing that are used to lubricate uh, drills in oil fields. There we go. So, so when you're when you're eating a fat-free dressing, what basically you're doing is you're really not even digesting the dressing. The dressing is literally going from your mouth uh, th- through the entirety of your digestive system and out because it's not. It's it's much like it's a lubrication as opposed to a fat. It's not a nutrient at that point. Exactly. Yeah. So you're not absorbing it at all, no. and it's just going right through you. So those of you who continue to eat fat-free stuff and you're wondering, why am I on the toilet all the time? That's why you're on the toilet all the time. And you know who I learned a lot of this from? Who's that? None other than Michael Savage. Now, really? are you a Michael Savage listener? That's the uh, Wonder Years, right? No, Michael Savage is the uh, <laughs> Wrong <one>. conservative commentator. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, that's okay. That's all right, man. No. Uh, so Michael Savage, before he was a guy who did a lot of politics and stuff like that, Michael Savage was one of the premier uh, nutritionists. Oh, really? I mean, in fact, I interviewed him because he wrote a book, and I interviewed him, and and he's one of the premier um, nutrition experts in the country. Michael Savage, of all people. Who people are like, oh, that's that right wing talk show host. Yeah, it's true, but he was also one of the uh, one of the premier um, guys, nutritionists in the in the country, and so he taught taught me all about you know uh, the uh, yes, yeah, Scott's like that was Fred Savage. Fred like, Savage, there you go. <laughs> yeah, but he but um, <laughs> that but yeah, everybody's like that was Fred Savage. Sorry, uh, but that's okay. No, it's, <laughs> it's all right, man. It's, it's 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 okay that you don't know that you know. So anyway, the the, the lesson here is. Um, real butter's good. Uh, well, it depends. Uh, you know, uh, whole milk is even okay. Uh, in fact, um, skim milk's probably harder to digest than co- than whole milk is generally. So sometimes people have a hard time. It, it's just it's a, it's a, but it's fascinating to it go is. really look into it. What we what we eat now versus what was eaten thirty years ago, forty years ago, you can see the difference in our health and other things. It's it's amazing. Yeah, and yeah. it's kind of like when you when you do the uh, when you buy a gumball, and what you know what makes the gumball shiny 
is uh, is a confectionery that you do not want in your body, but it's there. It's what you eat. It's what you eat. Yeah. Right. Well, good conversation, man. Right. Always yep. fun. Dustin. Thanks, Jamie. I know you know a lot about this, so I thought it was f- kind of fun to uh, No, it's, it's fun. I, I could talk about it a long time, but I know you've got yeah. a but it's, But, but it, 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 it's really good, especially when it comes to kids, because people don't realize what they're putting in their children's mouths no. and what that's doing to their minds and their their development and everything else. You really, If you want to take some time, I'll just spit this out there. Look up Roundup and how they control all of our wheat and everything else that's eaten. Look up Roundup and what it does to your body and how it kills the bugs and then how you ingest it then later on. That's the mind blower. Uh, are you talking about the herbicide, Roundup? Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. I know yeah. that's been a, a big deal lately. Yeah. All right, buddy. Well, listen, uh, great, uh, great to talk to you. Thank you. Thanks. Nice seeing you again. Yeah, that's Dustin from Golden Oak Lending, 314-567-GOLD, 314 314- Five six seven gold is the uh, is the uh, number for that, and goldenoaklending.com. So, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you're having a nice Friday. I uh, have to call Doug really quickly, and then I have a special guest in here. Good morning, this morning. Uh, let me get uh, Doug on. Lacey, can you hang on there? Okay. I'm going to get Mr. Giles on. Mr. Giles and me. All right. Okay. I got my friend Lacey from hauntedstltours.com in here. You should see what she's brought in to the... To this event. Like a diamond in the sky. Let me get him on here. How I wonder. Let's see if Doug's on. Doug Giles on the Skype. What's up, buddy? Hey, you haven't been kicked off Facebook yet? No, man. Why should I be? Come on. You're not trying hard enough. <laughs> I know, man. I'm, I'm I'm surprised, but so you're still off Facebook, is that correct? Yeah, I'm never coming back on that freaking spy agency. Yeah, and, so you're you're. Uh, yeah, you're done with them, aren't you? Yep, we're officially broken up, man. Well, good for I'm, you. I'm, I'm Mike. I'm Michael Douglas, and they're going close. So. Oh wow. Yeah, well, good for you, man. <laughs> the the rabbit has died. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So, hey, you want to hear my prediction uh, for twenty twenty? Yes, sir. Of course you do, right? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so everybody's like, you know, it's going to be Cory Booker. Well, it doesn't look like it now, and it's like it's going to be the creepy porn lawyer. And of course, after he beat the crap out of that. Uh, <laughs> the girl in the motel that kind of threw a wrench in, in those plans. And Elizabeth Warren, uh, it ain't going to happen. She's be, uh, she's been she's become a laughing stock uh, by her own hand. I'm going out there on a limb, man. They don't have a deep bench. It's not going to be Kamala Harris. It's not going to be Biden. He's like 80. Hillary, I wouldn't put it past her trying to take a stab at it again. But since this is the the election where you know all bets are off, no rules uh, are going to be are going to be followed. 
I'm going to say Clooney's going to go for it, man. You are you serious, George Clooney? I, well, here, here, here's my reasoning. Uh, they have no one, man, that can dust Trump. No one, right? And freaking Biden is he's he's old. He's creepy. He's gas laden. Right. Uh, I don't I don't think that's going to happen. Hillary, you know, I would love to see that. You know, the Schadenfreude within me would would dig seeing her <laughs> take another stab at it and wobble on the curb and trip downstairs and all that other good stuff. But uh, I think um, I think you know Clooney's got the panache. He's got the the you know the liberal politics. Been doing it for a long time. He's in bed with all of Hollywood. His wife's drop dead gorgeous. I guarantee that there's conservative women that would think, oh George, you know, if uh, <laughs> and be and be swooned by that silver fox, and uh, I might steal some people from Trump. He's definitely uh, you know a man's man, a globalist. And um, I think I think Hollywood is going to go up against Hollywood. So that's that's my prediction. You heard it first, Jamie. We went. Uh, I floated the column uh, yesterday on ClashDaily.com, and uh, I think it's I think it's going to be an American Idol type uh, race. Well, you know, I I mean, listen, I, I it's it's really not that far fetched because if you look at the list of people who I mean, Elizabeth Warren, there's not a chance she's going to be able to to to, to to do this. And so, I mean, I think you're right. I mean, I, it's, it's actually maybe the only answer the Democrats could possibly have is to kind of just go completely off the grid and, and have this new face of the democratic party, so to speak. Yeah. I, I, uh, I think it's either going to be Clooney or they're going to do a wild card with Beto. It's definitely oh, not going to be, you know, the, the people that, you know, have earned it, damn it, and that have been trying for many, many moons. And I don't know if you saw it or not, but uh, Amal Clooney ac- accused Trump of giving the green light to autocratic regimes who jail and kill journalists after he named the American press the enemy of the people. She did that the U.N., and the U.N. was honoring uh, George's uh, work and stuff. I'm telling you, brother, they're testing the water, man. They're They're testing the water. And the left is going to go way outside the norm because they don't have anybody. I mean, we had a deep bench in 2016, even though, you know, I only liked about uh, a quarter of them. They have no one. Yeah, I know. I mean, and, 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 and they've got to do something. I mean, Hillary actually pretty much by her comportment at this funeral, uh, she erased all doubt that she is a dark soul. So, you know, it, it's it's uh, it, there's just not a chance she could possibly uh, c- can possibly uh, be be the next person up. And, and, and I know that there's also. Go ahead. Did you see Hillary's tick? Do you see Hillary's tickets for the the Bill and Hillary tour <laughs> have have gone from seven seventy for the nosebleeds to seven thousand, Jamie, for the VIP laminates and front row seats to frickin' six dollars, and they still can't <laughs> they still can't fill an auditorium. Wow, uh, I'm not shocked, brother. Yeah, I am no. absolutely not shocked. If it was between six dollars for a frickin' You know, Whopper with cheese or Bill and Hillary. I'm going fat, man. I'm going for the Whopper. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, and and man, listen. I, I love this post, by the way, that you have up. And I didn't talk about this much, but this is right in your alley because you're, you know, 
you're a great dad, and this is something that you, uh, I know, uh, is near and dear to your heart, is raising rowdy and righteous uh, daughters. And uh, you, you got a guy who might have read your book, although um, he's going to, th- I know his daughter's not going to be as rowdy. Maybe she'll be more righteous as a result of him punishing his daughter <laughs> for being a, a bully, basically, right? Where he, where he made yeah, she a, got uh, she got she got two infractions on the school bus of uh, bullying kids and and things and so the old school dad says you know what uh, you're gonna walk off your rage and uh, she had a five mile hike to school and <laughs> and the old man films it the entire way and you know uploads it for a little public shaming Jamie and uh, the left of course like that's so bad it's it's like I thought you were against bullying I thought that was a bad thing. How about that mouthy little chick, you know, scaring the crap out of uh, kids that are that are weaker and more timid on the bus, uh, uh, being taken down a few notches, and uh, you know, again, they they go apoplectic over him making the girl walk. First of all, hey, if it's in within five miles, you gotta walk, you gotta walk your ass to school anyway. It, it gets. Uh, Makes your legs look nice, get you some exercise, get respiratory system moving and stuff like that. I love it. I think it's hilarious. Uh, I think um, another form of punishment, I don't know if you saw it, we, we posted it a couple months ago. Uh, this, uh, this black dad had this mouthy uh, black kid who's, uh, I think he's like 10 or 11, He's talking trash, doing the same stuff, mouthed off to his mother. And so the black dad uh, shaved, <laughs> shaved his kid's hair in an old man bald spot pattern. So he's got the horseshoe oh, pattern. Gosh. Just shaved, shaved the middle of the, the head <laughs> and sent his ass to school. I was like, oh, my gosh, man, can we find this guy? I think he's up in uh, the St. Louis area. I was going to send him a case of beer and a box of safari cigars. <laughs> That's awesome, man. And, and, but uh, he's the devil. But he's the devil. You can't do that anymore. You're shaming the kid. Man, my, my, my mother used to – my dad didn't really spank me. When he, when he came in for the kill, it was over. You know, I mean, there's there there will be blood. You know, Daniel Day Lewis is going to come through the door, but my mom, she always got after us. And I don't know if your mom did, but my mom had the skinny 1960s on uh, like freaking Indiana Jones, man. She could make you hop, or she'd do the mental psychological torture before she beat you, and she would make you go outside and, and uh, cut a uh, cut a a branch from the weeping willow. And I'm telling you what, man. Between that belt and a four-foot weeping willow branch, uh, that lady was was hell on two legs when we got out of line. Well, I will tell you that that I remember to this day, and my mom followed through on it because I was mouthing off and doing something. I was very young, but I I don't exactly know what I was saying. But it was something that she said, you know, if you keep doing that, I'm going to wash your mouth out with soap. And, uh, And I didn't believe her. And I kept on mouthing off, and I'll be darned if I wasn't literally eating soap within the next, you know, five minutes. And and so she followed through on that, and I never, yeah, I, I never forgot, and I, and I never mouthed off to her again. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'll never forget the first time I cursed at my mom. <laughs> uh, me and my brother were doing some crap in the garage, and she comes through the. Uh, the garage door, which went through the utility room into our kitchen, she opens the door. She's like, "Hey, what are you guys doing?" And I go, 
leave us alone, you old dam. I really didn't know how to cuss yet. I called her an old dam. Cold and bam. Brother, she took, I don't know if you had this when you were growing up. She took lava soap, and she took me into the utility room. She's like, old dam, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I hope you like the taste of lava. Oh. And brother, I was, I was blowing bubbles for like, uh, I don't know, about an hour and a half, something like that. Yeah, I, I honestly, that, that I never forgot that, and I, and I, it worked on me. So, uh, you know, and I, I, yeah, I got, you know, they spanked me and everything else. I got, I got that. You know, the only thing is, Doug. See, you're, a, you're a father of two girls. I have three girls, and I have two boys. And I have to tell you that I, I, and this is not uh, probably a good admission for me to make, but uh, I have a, I have a harder time disciplining the girls. Than I do the boys. Uh, it's it, for some reason I'm, I, I I I I try to be firm and I try to learn, but I have a harder time disciplining the girls. I gotta get I gotta get that out of my system because you know eventually you know you want to be helpful and and uh, you want to be able to raise them right. Well, that's but that's 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 where you toss them off to the wife, man. Yeah, because, uh, <laughs> right. she, she won't have any problem laying into them. <laughs> right. And you could be you know daddy, you could be the grace, and she yeah. could be the vengeance. And you have that yin yang thing going. Yeah, yes, I, I get that. Yeah. Hey, did you see uh, Kevin Hart bailed on the Oscars because yeah. he wouldn't apologize for his homophobic quote unquote tweet? Yeah. I, to me, I you know I'm not I'm not anti gay. I'm not anti anybody as long as I don't have to pay their bills and uh, and I can't poke fun of whomever. But uh, to me, it's a little refreshing, man, that uh, that Hart didn't apologize for a damn joke because I'm 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 completely sick of you know the the draining of the vestiges of any form of humor days because we are officially America the touchy thanks to the left. You know, Doug, I, I just I I spent almost forty five minutes on this whole thing and tied it into my situation where uh we've stopped in this country even talking and debating anymore. It's always like we cut right to the resignations, right to the firings well, I mean, I even defended Mark Lamont Hill this week. I can't stand that dude. But I was like, for CNN, which which actually is in the business of communication, to just fire the dude instead of having him on and 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 battling him over what he had to say is just ridiculous. We just we just have gotten to this point where we're just like we don't even we don't even debate anymore. Yeah, I mean, what uh, to me, if I was running the Oscars, but again, it's you know, it's it's the hashtag campaign. It's the armchair warriors in their mother's basement, you know, who are going nuts on Twitter that are that are ginning all this stuff up. You know, to me, if I was uh, running the Oscars, I would say, hey, Kevin, won't you delete that stuff? Uh, you know, won't you? Um, I don't know, wear some Versace <laughs> on. <laughs> during the during the ceremonies and you know just kind of you know put out an olive branch but instead like you said it's it's off with their head and uh but that's the that's the way of the left man uh they can't convince they're not persuasive uh their arguments are are vapid and, and fatted and so they've got to go for the power play and again it's you know to the guillotine uh goes the talent and uh, and it's not just um, you know you and I who are right wingers that are complaining about it. I don't know where Hart stands uh, politically, but Chris Rock is complaining about it. Uh, Sebastian uh, Maniscalco, uh, Jerry Seinfeld, uh, all of them are like, you guys are one big group of pussies. Yeah, and we cannot do any kind of jokes whatsoever without your little hashtag warriors rocking up to our house and unscrewing all of our light bulbs.
Yeah. I mean, Kevin Hart's a comedian. What do you expect? It's the same thing when, when everybody was surprised that Kid Rock decided he was going to have a little whiskey and eggnog in the morning. And and he, and he and he and he calls Joy Behar a bitch, which she is, but he calls her a bitch. And then and then and then they're all shocked at Fox and Friends that that he call. And then and then he's then he's they make him disappear from the Grand Marshal of the Nashville Christmas Parade. It's like you guys hired you guys chose right. Kid Rock. What do you expect? I mean, you know, <laughs> right. it's unbelievable. Like when I had uh, when I had Ted Nugent on, I told my uh, general manager I was on a big Christian station back in Miami, hundred thousand watt, just a powerhouse, man. WMCU, and I said, "Look, I'm going to have Nugent on." They're going, "Okay, it'll be great." <laughs> Greatest, the highest ratings of any interview ever done. Nugent went full frontal Nugenty, and uh, they're they're saying, well, you know, he said some bad things that should have shouldn't have said on a Christian radio. And goes Ted freaking Nugent, what you expect him <laughs> to do? Yeah. What I think is funny about the and ironic and quadruple standard about the whole Kid Rock calling Joy Behar uh, a bitch is that then she turns around and calls Megan McCain a bitch, and there's no sanction at all. Yeah, Again, th- quadruple standards. Kid Rock can't do it, but Joy Behar can. Well, that, that and that was just a couple of years after calling Bristol Palin or or, or laughing at uh, at uh, Sandra Bernhard's insinuation that Chris, uh, Bristol Palin was a prostitute. So you know, it's like okay, uh, we we get the what the rules are. We just can't keep up with them. We just you know get what the rules are. Yeah, Kevin so. Hart and uh, uh, the the other comedians. Uh, um, they should have just made fun of us white cracker conservative Christians, and then you know, boom, you get an award. You you're ensconced forever as the host of the Oscars. And um, you know, the more they do this, the more that they uh, uh, ban mean speech, like they're doing on the University of uh, I think it's Minnesota. Uh, the more that they flap and yarble this kind of nonsense, uh, Jamie. For better, for worse, man. Yeah. The, the nation goes center right. They start turning right because they understand that that's fascism. It's thought policing. It's political correctness on human growth hormones. And the nation, by and large, doesn't like it. We don't want to be mean. We don't want to bully people. No. But listen, uh, I don't mind people doing redneck jokes. I don't mind people doing skinny leg jokes. You know, I don't get in a fit when somebody mocks my. Texas accent. I think it's funny as hell. So lighten up, people. Yeah, I mean, one of my, I've said this before, one of my favorite things w- that Chris Rock does is make fun of white people. And I love it when he does that. I mean, so, I mean, Eddie Murphy did it too. I, you know, those guys, I, that was one of the, the funniest they are is when they're like making fun of white people. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm all for it. Hey, by the way, uh, folks, if you want to make sure you get into the Christmas spirit and you want a few uh, great presents, to lay on some of your liberal family members or even your diehard family members. Uh, Doug Giles has uh, his Christmas cards available as well as all of his uh, posters and all that kind of thing at ClashDaily.com or DougGiles.art, right? Is that what that is? Yeah, we just uploaded a new uh, Trump painting. at Sheriff Trump <laughs> and uh, did it in sepia tones. He's leaning back like frickin' Gary Cooper on the rail in front of his jail and it says wanted for a second term, and uh, that's Love about it. to float out there in the cyberspace. But, yeah, the Santa Trump poster, bro, we crushed it, absolutely crushed it last month. Uh, thanks in part to uh, 
uh, almond in the morning. And uh, wait till you see the white lion painting. This thing is just absolute sickness. It's this male lion with this freaking zombie-like <laughs> look on his eye. His mane splayed all over the place and splattered with uh, chunks of meat. And he's got a topi, which is a big African antelope, uh, severed head in its mouth. This is the thing that you want to get your little kid and put it in their bedroom. Oh, yeah. I love it, man. All right. So, I, I, yeah, that's awesome. You, your your art is beautiful. I mean, whether you're doing the funny, irreverent kind of stuff or the or some of the more the beautiful wildlife safari art and stuff like that, man, it's amazing. And those Christmas cards, are, you still have some left, right? Yeah. Okay, they're, good. They're over at keepandbear.com. Okay. Keepandbear.com. Yep. All right. Well, cool. And and I, I don't know. Well, you you can't see it, but you're on a side by side picture uh, with me. We got a double box that Matt put together, and one of the is you with your side by side. Somebody wants to know about that gun you're holding in that pic. You you familiar with that picture? Uh, no. Okay. Well, you're holding a gun. It's great. Is it a pistol or a rifle? I can't tell. It looks like it's a. It looks like it's a pistol. I can't tell. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's I not know. big enough for me. It's whatever, man. It's cool. So he was just asking about it. But that's all right, man. Well, we'll see you at Clash yeah, Daily. We, um, yeah. Come again? I said we'll see you at ClashDaily.com, brother. Always. Thank you, Jamie. Have a great weekend. Hey. And remember, stay rowdy. I definitely will, buddy. Thanks to you. Appreciate right. it. That's Doug Giles, people. Yes, indeed. All right. Yeah, he's a good guy, man. I love that guy. And you guys do, too. And he loves us. You guys have really, I appreciate the fact that you've shown him as much love as you have because he is um, he's an awesome dude. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce to you in the final moments of the Radio Free Almonds show. Silent None night. other than Lacey. Reinhardt. Hi, Lacey. How you doing, baby? Ah, so I am, I am in... Uh, because of you all know Lacey Reinhardt's with uh, HauntedSTLTours.com. You all know about that, right? So I have decided, because Lacey's in, to mix Christmas with death. <laughs> it's a very spiritual time of year. It is. It is. The and, second most haunted holiday. And, and the reason I'm doing that is because, like, for instance, I'm playing George Jones's version of Silent Night. Now, I was a huge fan of George Jones and still am. So is my dad. Yeah, good for him. Well, I, I said one day I was playing George Jones. And I said, I love George Jones. He's my Elvis. And I said, you know, uh, if George Jones ever passes away, I'm going to his funeral. He died the next day. Did you go? And I went. All right. It Good was for you. I, he was he he. They had his body laid out right there at the Grand Old Opry. Wow. Right at the at the uh, the uh, the show place there, and they had the funeral there. And Kid Rock was performed there. Oh wow. Um. Uh, who well, a lot uh, of Randy Travis cite him as an influence. Oh, he's great. He he actually did a great show with. Uh, great album called the Bradley Barnes session so he was doing duets like with Keith Richards and stuff it was great but anyway uh and 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 you're like well okay so what christmas death whatever well Lacey Reinhardt hauntedstltours.com she, she makes cookies and they're uh what do you call them again well they're ginger dead men <laughs> they're ginger dead men 
Guys, I wonder if I could, I could, uh, let me see if I could put it up to the camera. Hang on. <laughs> Aren't Love they it. cute? They are cute. Hold on. Well, and what's great about these cookies, too, is if you break an arm or a leg, you just put some red food coloring on there, and they go as amputees. That's perfect. <laughs> these are awesome. They smell great. Wow. They're actually edible. Oh, yeah. Made from scratch with love. I love it. That's really good. We could do like a Mr. Bill show. You, hey! you could. Hey! Merry Christmas! Hey! Yeah, perfect. These are good. Smell good, too. Now, but this is this is like a tradition of yours. So you've been doing this a while. Well, I found the cookie cutters in San Antonio a couple of years ago, and they're perfect. I really didn't start baking until I found those cookie cutters. Now it's a yearly tradition. I think I'm going on year <laughs> three or four. I love it. I mean, I think it's I think it's great. Oh, they're cute. They are cute. And my daughter likes helping me decorate them too. Aw, little little something different. So we put I, a nightmare before Christmas and. Oh yeah! Rock out our ginger dead cookies. I think that's great. How I I, I I can't wait. It's pr- probably kind of like you being the daughter of a, uh, a television wrestler and a lounge singer, because you have all the stories you tell. I'm sure that your daughter someday she's going to talk about how she and mom used to make or has a tradition of making uh, ginger dead men for Christmas. She has quite a few stories. Yeah. <laughs> love it. I love it. So uh, you said you mentioned something that was curious to me. Uh, how is, why is Christmas one of the most haunted holidays? Oh, uh, well, I mean, going back to Dickens, you know, he's writing about the ghosts of Christmas oh, past. Right, you're and right. Present and future. And, and I mean, unfortunately, a lot of people do pass away when it's cold. And it's the time of year where, you know, your pagan community and, and your your nature paths are, you know, mourning the death of all the living things. And yeah. Things go dormant and it's just a dark time. And then in February, when everybody else is complaining about how cold and gray and awful and waiting for spring, February is one of my favorite months. It's like this is the last of yeah. the cold awfulness. And we're starting to, you know, get into springtime again. So, I mean, I just – it's a very haunted season. Well, and, you know, it's interesting too uh, because, it, it, in fact, the, the, the priest mass uh, the other day – was talking about how uh, kind of amazing it is that we are celebrating the birth of Christ uh, and, and then ultimately the execution of Christ in pretty much a matter of months mm-hmm. and, and, and how interesting that whole thing is. And it also kind of when you get right down to it, like for instance, a Christmas carol, that's right, it's all about like it's mm-hmm. – uh, wow, it's it's all about the haunting of Jacob. Jacob Marley comes Absolutely. and haunt. You know, it's it's pretty crazy when you think about it. Then when you also think about the, and I don't want to like you know, put too 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 difficult of a glow on this whole thing. But the reality is that you know when the kings ultimately arrived uh, and uh, the three kings arrived, uh, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and uh, myrrh is a. Uh, it used to be used to cover up the smell of a body. 
uh, or was it frankincense? It was some one of those things. Frankincense and myrrh are two popular incense smells for yeah. spirit communication as well. Oh, that's why they're they're churchy smells. Right, that's right. Very interesting. See, there could I, I, be a whole nother episode on just haunted Christmas. I mean, there's yeah. so many things. I mean, I think people. I don't want people to like freak out because they're like, "Oh, you guys are putting death." It's like no, no, really no. when you. This is there's nothing like that's being made up here about what what oh, this I, is. And I so, celebrate Christmas. I love Christmas. I just happen to know it's a really haunted holiday. Yeah, that's interesting. So that's why you make Ginger Dead Men. Ginger Dead Men. How are haunted Destiel tours doing? How, how's everything going over there? Doing great. Um, transitioned into winter tours, so I have a nice, warm, cozy. 15-passenger vehicle that yeah. I can take you and your eggnog, whiskey-laden or not, around town and uh, doing a few different tours in addition to the ones we've already had. So we do have some evening uh, weekend tours available now and just um, some other fun, exciting things uh, right around the corner. All right. I know. Yeah, we do. I know. That's awesome. That's going to be that's gonna be great, too. Um, I don't know whether we can... We, 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 when, when, once we do the... Once we do the, the uh, we make a couple more steps and it'll be uh, more interesting. And then, of course, you're going to be part of Radio Free Almond 2.0. I can't wait. There's and so many great people that I just want to bring on and share with I know. everyone. I'm so happy about, you know, the, I was talking to Ryan about this and about the, uh, you know, we were, we we're just assessing all the attraction to the show like that. I said, I, I'll tell you what, when Lacey was on and, and when they were all on and we did that, and we did that special from the Lemp Mansion, I mean, it was rocking. People were loving it. And so, uh, the radio version of hauntedstltours.com, the radio version of Lacey and her her gang is going to be uh, fantastic. So we're working on that, debuting in January. But then we're all working on some other stuff, too. So I'm going to work on these cookies. <laughs> well, it makes sense, too. I mean, we you're so no BS, common sense information. And right on. we try to do the same with you know the paranormal. It's not cheesy when we do it. You know, no, it's just not. We don't make things up, so I think it's a good uh, complimentary situation. Yeah, that's the that's the beef uh, on a lot of things. Is it is that people? It, it, it's it they they've been there, done that with the uh, with the oh we then we heard this you know although it's true. I mean, we we did see things and hear things at the Lamp Mansion, but but <laughs> yeah, we did. but it wasn't like but we but but it wasn't the. Nothing the, the drama that people right, try to grabbed you know. us and drug us down a hallway. It wasn't <laughs> <Right>. like that. <laughs> right, exactly. I'm trying to find my my uh, my outro here so we can just say goodbye. But thanks for bringing the cookies in. Oh, you're welcome. Those are good. I like just black icing. How do you oh, yeah. how do you get black icing? Uh, you go buy it. <laughs> <laughs> the cookies are made from scratch. The icing, not so much. Right. Why did I think there wouldn't be black icing? I mean, black that's, icing? I know. I, there, 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 there'd have to be. There'd have to be. All right. Well, Lacey Reinhardt, thank you so much. Good to see you. You too. HauntedSTLTours.com. And, of course, stay tuned for the revelation of Radio Free Alma 2.0. And, yes, it's going to be in January. And thank you all for listening to the show. Thank you to Golden Oak Lending, GoldenOakLending.com. 314567GOLD and also don't forget about Michael Proctor Proctor spelled like doctor ProctorDrapery.com 45 years in the window fashion business 
Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency, 855-QUOTE-ME. Low premiums, low deductibles, all at the same time, auto, home, and life. Take your current your current situation over to him, and I guarantee he'll tear it up and give you a new one. Cheaper, low premiums, low deductibles. Also, Santino Cigars and Cocktails, Vogel Road, right there in beautiful Arnold. Nice, cozy, bright, festive atmosphere at Santino Cigars and Cocktails. So check them out. Let them know I sent you, and you get a free cigar there. So that's good. I like cigars. There you go. Then you get a free one when you mention my name. Of course, I think you can just go in there and say, I'm Lacey Reinhardt, damn it. Give me a cigar. Like, okay, whatever you say. Right. Also, yes, Tracy Ellis, Rick and Tracy Ellis, TracyEllis.com. Thank you so much for your support of the show. Dr. Eric Deputy talked about you earlier. DeputyWellness.com is where you can find him. Check him out there. And thank you again to Golden Oak Lending. 314-567-GOLD and Nutrition HQ, NHQ.rocks, right there at Manchester McKnight in Rock Hill. Have a great weekend, everybody. Love you. Thank you. Thanks, Lacey.